I'm Jeremy Greer. There'll be peace when you are done. I'm Chris Mosier. Lay your weary head to rest. And I'm Dylan. Don't you cry no more. And this is Monster of the Week creepy but necessary podcast where we talk about the tv show supernatural this week we are going to sum up our thoughts on season four we're going to read a bunch and i mean a bunch of your feedback and we are joined by special guest dylan dylan how are you i'm good i'm i'm really thrilled to be here uh, i'm just really excited to talk about hunks i am <laughs> i'm so glad that you're very excited because i gotta tell you i do it every week and it's it's a really good feeling um before we get too far into it, why don't you tell people where you can be found? Uh, I met you on the Duckfeed Network, but you, but you do your own mm-hmm. stuff as well. So let's let's talk about that real quick. Yeah, I do. Uh, most of my social media presence is pretty much just on the Duckfeed Slack, which I wish Chris would show up to a little bit more. Uh, wow. Call out post. Put my head in Shots sometimes. early. <laughs> uh, but I, uh, I'm a recovering Twitter addict, so I'm not on that or anything. But you can find me and my creative oeuvre, uh, whatever you call it. Uh, oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's what we're calling it. The Horrible Podcast, uh, where I and uh, three of my buddies uh, review three horror movies uh, a week. And uh, we're at HorriblePodcast.com. Uh, we've watched like 400 movies at this point, uh, and I'm starting to lose my mind. But uh, it's usually <laughs> it's a good time. Um, also starting a new uh, podcast. Uh, should be up by the time this is out, maybe, hopefully, uh, called Follow the Fun, in which I, uh, me and a buddy uh, are developing a game and kind of walking through other games to see you know what we can take away from them. Uh, but a little bit of a games club sort of thing. Sounds awesome. I want to say, like, me and Chris record on usually three episodes a week of Supernatural, um, which are not, obviously, movie-linked at all. Sure. Uh, and we most recently had to switch to two because, like, these episodes got so meaty they wouldn't fit in our podcast sleeve. Yeah. So uh, Our hunks had, got too buff, you could hunks, say. We got too buff for our podcast hosts. They were like, no, 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 you can only do two, this much hunk at one time. Um, <laughs> how you guys do three movies every single week is just bonkers to me. Do you record, like, for 14 hours and just have a couple of weeks off? Or do you literally just no, watch we, three uh, movies every week to week? We do them each week, and fortunately, like, uh, we all live in the same city, so we sit around in a little circle and, and talk shit about uh, a couple of movies but the fact that we signed on early to do three of them blows my mind because uh it's like we've been through like 400 at this point that's an insane amount of movies yeah. <laughs> i've seen a lot of bullshit <laughs> yeah. and some good ones i would imagine what's your oh what's, yeah absolutely what's your favorite movie that you've covered and what's your uh worst movie that you've covered if you can Ooh, that's a toughie uh my favorite that I found through it probably would be the original, or no, not original. The remake of Invasion of the Body Snatchers is just mwah, excellent, and uh, I can't even call Birdemic a film. Uh, it just doesn't work, uh, but it's fun. <laughs> Birdemic already sounds like really, really great, so I'm into it. Sounds like a it season out. one episode of Supernatural. It feels a little bit like it. The production values are about there. <laughs> hunks, hunks versus birds. We need to see this. <laughs> How is there not a Hunks versus birds episode yet? <laughs> There's a somebody wrote in with the Twitter handle probably birds, so maybe we can get back at them and find out what's going on. <laughs> you guys know <laughs> at probably birds. If you're out there, let us know about the bird demics. <laughs> we got hunks. Do you got birds? <laughs> well, thanks so again we for joining us. This? I, I really appreciate it. Yes, Chris, we should we should dig into it. I was, <laughs> I was just segueing to. God damn it! I knew that we were going to try and segue at the same time because two hunks <laughs> two hunks think alike. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Um, we're, we're, so we're Dylan hunk sink. 
<laughs> Dylan, we want to know how you got into Supernatural and what brought you to the fact that you're now guesting on a Supernatural podcast. <laughs> yeah, I never never thought I'd be here, but uh, I, uh, I I wrote in, I think, maybe in your all's season two wrap-up episode, uh, talking about how I had originally just been looking for lore. Like, I, I'm really into, like, Supernatural mythology, stuff like that, and got into this weird Wendigo kick. Um, and, uh, and in searching for Wendigo, uh, Supernatural season one, episode two, kept showing up and i was like yeah that's uh that's that show with those dream boats sure thing uh and i started with what's probably like one of my least favorite episodes of the show but then just couldn't stop watching um and it was kind of like a a secret shame of mine for a while i was like oh i'm, I'm not supposed to be watching supernatural this, this show's not for me uh but i kept doing it and uh i hid my love for a while but i've come full circle to the point where i just think this is a legitimately great show and I fucking love that you guys are doing this podcast because uh, maybe we can conv- convince more people uh, to give these hunks a try. It seems like it's working slowly but surely. Yeah. And I feel like we were just, me and Jeremy were just talking about this the other day, how our, our first few episodes seemed like we were almost afraid still yeah. to fully yeah. admit how much we loved this show. And we mm-hmm. were, you know, mm-hmm. we were a little bit harder on it than I think we ever would have been now. But over the course of, what, six, seven months that we've been doing this, I think we're just full on like, yep, no, this is a great show and we love it. <laughs> Nobody can tell <laughs> yeah. us any different. <laughs> I, I, nobody should be ashamed for loving this show. I'm hoping that uh, that like because everybody knows that the there's a there's a dip in quality after season five. Like they're they're kind of definitely they're definitely like looking around for ideas as opposed to having like this clear cohesive vision. So, but I have a feeling, and Chris, I don't know if you feel like this too, but I have a feeling like it's, as high as I am on Supernatural right now, like just doing these shows week to week, like I feel like we're gonna get in there and just like we're just gonna fall in love with like season 10 right like we're just gonna be all in yeah. <laughs> like we're gonna be committed to it i feel like it's already too late to get out like oh, yeah. just, <laughs> <laughs> we've been ensnared by supernatural we've Once committed you, get stung, we've committed so hard to the whole hunk thing that i don't think we can ever yeah. back down from it i literally was looking into uh starting a business called hunks incorporated and uh <laughs> just to see what i could <laughs> if i could make it make a dollar off this whole thing that'd be nice <laughs> Um, what made you want to be on the season four podcast or season four uh, feedback episode? I should say. Yeah. You put out a call for, uh, for folks who were into specific seasons and, um, season four is one that like when I first watched this, I actually kind of like, cause like, my, my big takeaway from this show is I usually love the monster of the week episodes more, which is like the exact opposite of you guys. And the meta plot doesn't always send me, but like the more that I keep coming back to it, the more season four feels like the, like apex of all of it like they just hit the monster of the week episodes out of the out of the park they hit the uh the meta plot stuff is is excellent in this in this season especially uh especially just the way that they treat angels is is amazing uh and i I really love where it takes the show yeah uh angels being terrifying in this season i think is is like one of the things that really really hooked me like i was already hooked by season four like i was already way mm-hmm. into it but uh the introduction of angels and the fact that they were terrifying and also kind of evil was such a great like and it's not something that hasn't been explored in media right like you look at right, your hellblazers yeah. and you look at your you know comic books have lucifer done, lucifers yeah. have done some of this uh like you look at a lot of that stuff and uh like so they've done it but like seeing these people like seeing these hunks go through this these trials basically with all these angels was just it just floored me like i couldn't believe this was a cw show right like i was right. like i can't yeah. believe they're yeah. <laughs> they're talking about these angels and they're sh- and how <laughs> they're all shitbags <laughs> the fucking cw yeah. <laughs> yeah it's it's pretty ballsy <laughs> as the show goes on i feel like the monster of the week episodes are the most supernatural things 
like Jeremy, you said how they sometimes seem like they're reaching, searching for whatever the big bad thing is going to be. They're trying to find the, their path um, post season five. But the Monster of the Week episodes always bring it back home. Whenever it's yeah. just Sam and Dean and the Impala going to like hunt a thing, those things bring bring the show back to, to what it always was. And I think that it's weird that season four is the one season that doesn't really do that. Like all the, the one-off episodes feel like you're just like, as we've discussed throughout the season, we, we just wanted them to, to be over, despite how good mm-hmm. they were, just because this is where Supernatural becomes Supernatural. This is where it goes into its, like, new form, I guess. Yeah. Well, it's, it's funny because there's episodes like Wishful Thinking and, and Yellow Fever, which are, like, for my money, some of the best comedy episodes that the show does, which are usually its highlights. Uh, and, you know, they're they're always, like, they're great, but you, you're you just like, I, I want to see what's going on with the Angels. I want to see, you know, what what's Ruby's deal? Like, keep, <laughs> keep me going here. It, it's really interesting because this is – this is the season where everything gets blown up, right? Like we've, mm-hmm. we've, the concept of demons is a pretty easy one to fit within this, uh, like weird Americana urban legend slash monster thing. Like demons have been there. We've seen the Omen and the exorcist and all this stuff, but like blowing this mythos up to where it is, where all of a sudden these boys have fates and they're kind of almost dueling fates to, to some degree. And like these cosmic entities trying to manipulate these guys to do whatever. And like, and the guys just not know it. Like, I th- feel like that's the most relatable part of this whole thing is that yeah. you know dean and sam despite being as we talk about a lot completely chiseled out hunks uh are <laughs> they're kind of clueless on this stuff like they're learning as they go along and and one of my favorite parts of this whole season is dean you know coming to the conclusion that these guys like aliens are just they're just they're just dudes like okay yeah you're an angel like but you know <laughs> screw you <laughs> right like that's yeah and dean being that way is one of my favorite parts of season four and it's something that he will carry throughout the rest of the series as as much as I, of, as much as I've watched anyway, I'm assuming that he's still doing the same kind of stuff in season 11, season 12. So I, man, I just, I just love this season so much. So oh, no, we no, talk, no. Ab- we talk about the season finale a lot, how um, there's a lot of payoff for everything that's been going on, especially throughout the season. Like that final episode gives you answers to pretty much everything that we've been dealing with all season. Yeah. But season four as a whole just goes fucking buck wild. <laughs> they take like the, the notion of Sam having these psychic visions and then they just ramp it up to a whole new level. Because season three, whole new it's level there. Freak. It's a whole new level of freak. <laughs> season three, it's there, but it's like, you know, it's just a thing in the background. We all remember Sam's psychic powers. Yellow Eyes is dead, so we don't we don't really hear much about it anymore. But they take that, they take a little seed that they planted, and they blow it up to the extreme. And then with Dean, we've never seen a person like go through that. We saw Sam die uh, in season two when he gets stabbed, and then... Mm-hmm. Dean sells his soul, and that's the whole catalyst for this whole thing happening. We've seen these hunks die multiple times. We see them multiple times. But when when Sam dies, he's just stabbed in the back, and then he, he lays on the table until Dean goes and sacrifices himself for him. Uh, and then he's back, and we have no idea what happened while he was gone. But with Dean, he's dead for so long, mm-hmm. and like we now know a character went to hell. Like That's a thing that can happen in Supernatural, and then come back out of it. And so it takes Dean... And turns him into, I guess, I don't want to call him a broken man, but that's sort of like what we're dealing with here is a dude who's who's having like PTSD for hell on one side. Meanwhile, we just had a hunk before. And then on the other side, you have Sam, who's become a whole new level of, level of freak. And he was just a nerdy hunk before. And then within the first 45 minutes of season four, they toss an angel suddenly. And <laughs> yeah. the show just gets batshit wild. And it's awesome. I think that that's, they somehow make all of that work. Because they, they're going to so many new extremes that you would think 
that it it would get a little bit hammy at times, and I don't feel like it ever really does. I mean, they're juggling like an absurd amount of of, of plot threads in this, and it yeah. all ties together and all works to the point where it feels like I don't know, like the writers are just on top of their game in this one. Like, I, I don't, I, I can't imagine that going into season one they they had this meta plot figured out, but it feels like it. Like all of the the callbacks, uh, Yellow Eyes coming back in the uh, season finale, things like that. Like it it all all works and it all rewards you for for spending your time with it. Yeah, I always wonder how much they've actually planned ahead because i know kripke says that he had the first five seasons planned but like did you yeah right <laughs> and it's easy to say like oh yeah i wanted i wanted to get to this ending and but actually writing this stuff to get to that ending is is, is a pretty big part of that right like and i know a Definitely. lot of writers will go through that process of i want the boys to end up here but you know how are we going to get there and how are we going to make it fun to do so talking well, about also how- them adding uh um, Chuck to this like that's, yeah. that's such a ballsy move for a CW show to just get that meta uh, and I, I love it I mean just full on meta like in a way that I, yeah. I, I struggle to imagine like any other series really doing or really leaning into as much um, there was a show on the sci-fi network called Eureka that literally had like somebody would go back in time and change something so the next season would be totally different like there would be different relationships in place oh, and wow. things like that and that was fun but like going full on meta where like the boys are reading books about themselves and you know Castiel is telling them that that's the uh the gospel the Winchester gospel or, or whatever <laughs> like that's fucking crazy for a, a, yeah. a network that's known for like teen vampires basically or teen, teen yeah. yeah teen vampires basically and it's weird because like just 2 seasons ago the show was just about two like blue collar guys hunting monsters in their in their cool car. Like they they changed the show so much while still keeping it the same, still has the essence of what it is. But like this season, like with Chuck, like adding Chuck in on top of a story, like you go from season one, episode whatever, two, win- the Windigo episode. And then suddenly if you told somebody after watching the first two episodes that yeah, pretty soon there's gonna be books in the world of supernatural written about the boys and they're going to be a prophecy and all this stuff. You'd be like, what is this? Is, that's a different show. That sounds ridiculous because it's, it's presented in such a way at the beginning. I mean, one of my friends, like when I got to a point with supernatural, I think around season six where I was like, all right, I'm losing faith. He's like, Hey, uh, stick with this. You know, we got like things like the French mistake. We've got, uh, musicals mm-hmm. like this show never stops pushing the envelope in really unexpected ways. Uh, and that's, that's always going to keep you going. Absolutely. And it's like, how- just how little we bat an eye, we don't bat an eye, I guess, at at Chuck entering the fray. Yeah, like yeah. now that like he's come up in this conversation, that's all I can think about is like, what the fuck? Yeah, <laughs> like, right. <laughs> it's so strange, and I just I'm like, okay, I've always just been totally cool with it. Like, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> Chuck is a is a weird character too because he, I mean, it's kind of a a trope to have this, you know this mouth of God, this, this prophet of the Lord, but also be like kind of a scared human guy and kind of definitely not religious, right? Like he's not anywhere near <laughs> religious. Um, just like the boys aren't, it, it's such a, such a weird thing. I, I, can you guys think of another TV show that does this? Like, I'm sure there are, and I'm not like, I haven't seen every single t- TV show out there, but I, I keep coming back to that because that's one of the things that attracts me the most about supernatural is that they aren't afraid to get weird. And I, I think that's, well, that's so valuable for it. I've, you know, you, we've seen other people try to do something like this meta. Like I think about uh, M. Night Shyamalan, like in Lady in the Water, casting himself as the guy who's going to write the book that's going to save the fucking universe. Like that does not work. <laughs> you got <laughs> you to dial it back a little bit. <laughs> and I feel like this is, a, this is it done right. Chris, can, can you think of anything? Maybe the show Community has some like fourth wall stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it did. It did. But even yeah. that, it's played for comedy. Like if that, right. if they always have their wacky 
episodes where you can just do that and it's fine. It doesn't matter. Um, but Supernatural is like the only show I can think of that really commits to it. And then the only other touchstone I have for this type of thing is really the Dark Tower. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the idea of like a meta universe. And like Chuck keeps coming back in this and every one of his episodes is usually a real highlight for me. There's the Supernatural Convention one that is like probably yeah. my favorite comedy episode. I cannot, in this. I cannot wait for that episode. I, I can't it's wait till so you guys see that either. <laughs> it's also remarkable uh, – just how far we come in season four, right? Like think about the very first episode of season four where like, I think our opening scene is Dean Winchester in a coffin because they left it with such a huge cliffhanger. He was literally drugged to hell. Like we see him in hell at the end of season three. And then all of a sudden wakes up in season four. I'm like, I I think I even put it in the last episode. Like we got zero time with Dean in hell. I was expecting there to be (laughs) months worth of time where we like maybe see, you know, Dean in some weird hell scape thing that the CW would be able to afford by making stuff gray or whatever. (laughs) Um, Spoilers. (laughs) But uh, like, it's so it it just, and then from there all the way into the end where they, you know, have literally summoned Lucifer. (laughs) Like it's such a huge journey, even over even 22 episodes to have hardly any filler at all. I think we were disappointed by, by a group of three episodes that we covered that were kind of Monster of the Week and that didn't really do anything with the meta plot. Which aren't but, even bad for Monster of the Week episodes. No, they're not. <laughs> they're not. They're not. They, we were just on a high. Like, we were... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we, we had just snorted four lines of cocaine and then somebody was like, okay, take a break for a little while. And we were like, no, 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 no. We're going to need more of that main stuff. <laughs> Give me more of that demon blood, please. Get <laughs> <laughs> that demon pussy. It's, it's going to be a thing. It it's going to be a thing, Chris. I promise. <laughs> Jeremy's already making up t-shirts that say Demon Blizzy on them. I am, I yeah. got approved these t-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> I was disappointed to find out that uh, that blingy site, that was what I was going to use for my design, but apparently it's not there anymore. So, <laughs> whoops. Oh, nice. <laughs> it's crazy to me to think that, like, Castiel gets introduced in this season, and, like, by the time that it ends, he already feels like a regular. Mm-hmm. Like, everything, when, when you think of Supernatural, everything that you think of happens in season four, I feel like. Yeah. Well, they're they're just starting to build everything. Like, we've talked about the world building, but it's really catching its stride. It it started to do it a little bit at the end of um, season three, where they started to have the boys going to Bobby's house a little bit more. Um, But now it's just yeah, every everything feels like it starts here. It's weird to think of a supernatural where Castiel is in it, Um, but there was three whole seasons without him. It's like he's become become such an integral part of the show, and throughout this season, I think the one of its successes is maintaining his kind of a not authority that's not the word i'm looking for but his intensity while still Mm -hmm. uh giving him kind of a an overall plot an overall arc where he's doubting himself like castiel at the very beginning is this huge awe-inspiring like crazy powerful person that we have no idea we've never seen anything and i think this show even goes his introduction is terrifying oh it's scary as hell yeah there's a question in the feedback about um for someone asking our favorite character introductions and i'm like well yeah (laughs) i think she even says like it's probably castiel right (laughs) yeah it definitely is um outside of you know dean attacking his brother in the dark that's probably the best one (laughs) but him going through this whole process of you know these these are my orders i'm I'm sent here to pull you out of hell and to and to do these things and then by the end of it is actually going against those those orders and realizing that the people that he's been around for millennia i mean we don't i don't think we really get into specifics on Cass's age anytime but um like he goes yeah he's been around for a long fucking time he's been around yeah He's been around. <laughs> He's got some age. <laughs> He's almost as old as I am. All right, Chris? <laughs> yeah. All right. 
carefully setting you up for these and you're just, you're not even, you're not even bothering with them. I don't know why. Um, but uh, towards the end of this where he's, he's doubting his whole mission, he's doubting these things. And I think that's really powerful too. Like I love the idea of an angel breaking away from the Lord, right? Like I think that's an extremely powerful yeah. and interesting to watch and they pull it off. Like it could be so lame. <laughs> like it could have been yeah. so yeah. bad. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. Know, Misha Collins sells that. Absolutely. Really it's interesting that they keep pitching that idea. We have Anna who has broken away. And we have Cass who's broken away. When the big bad Lucifer is the angel that broke away. Um, oh, yeah. It's just an interesting idea that they're playing with. And it's clear, like, the writing is on the wall. Like, look at this. Angels that break away are evil. And yet then we get this established, or we get the idea that the, the established order is a lot more evil than anything else that we've really seen so far. Like, we have demons and we have... Uh, Alistair, who's who's a real who's a real dick, but most of the evil deeds it feels like in in season four are done by either the angels or Sam. <laughs> <laughs> so the idea of these angels monk. breaking away, like Castiel and Anna, are the good guys, but yet they did the same thing Lucifer did. So what's Lucifer's deal? Like season four poses a lot of interesting ideas. And then you look at our, our side characters, right? Like I think that. As much as people hate Ruby in this season, I think that that's a testament to the strength of the character. Like, you hate her. And especially by the end, when, when we she finally betrays Sam, right? Like, she finally accomplishes what she's she's been meaning to do. But, man, that is such a great character work to have that yeah. demon kind of pushing and pulling at Sam's psyche. And just to, like, and starts out so in such a subtle fashion. And then at the end is, like, literally basically, like, telling him to do stuff. Like, we're going to get this done, right, Sam? Come yeah. on. Come on, Sam. Come there's, on. Come on. There's a couple of episodes in there where you start to feel like, oh, maybe Ruby could be part of the group. Like, yeah. wouldn't that mm-hmm. be neat? Couldn't we have a, a, a demon and an angel on the same side here? But, like, and, and she gets a lot of shit, I feel like. But Ruby, too, I, I dig. I think she, she does a good job. She just maybe doesn't compare as favorably to, to the original. Yeah, it's a I tough hard transition because mm. uh, I think that, especially in season three, Ruby was so mysterious for so mm-hmm. long uh, and seemed like she could actually be a good guy. But then as soon as we see this new Ruby, not only is it a new actress, but we see this new Ruby who is alone with Sam when Dean is gone. Yeah. And I think as viewers of the show, that immediately just puts your red flags up. Um, we we know that, that Sam needs guidance most of the time. Uh, and if it's, not, if it's not Dean, then it's going to be somebody else. The idea of a, this, this Ruby kind of taking advantage of a Sam without Dean, I think, immediately casts her less favorably uh, mm-hmm. in the audiences. Even if we did grow to, to like her, um, like you said, it, it does seem like they're sort of pitching the idea of having a demon and an angel on the team. And it's going to be this weird group of hunters together. Um, even with that, it still feels like something's not quite right because she knows things about Sam that Dean doesn't. Yeah. Ruby is just fascinating to me. Like the idea of her running this long con on not only Sam and Dean, uh, but also her her fellow demons, right? To out, to make basically make herself an outcast and only have um, the theory Lucifer, but specifically um, Lilith know what she was doing. To even have a Zazel like th- to be chasing after her, basically, and trying to kill her, and still manage to get the shit done. Like that's like as as as, as horrible as it is, like I want my Hux to succeed, right? But I'd also like to, for them to have competent villains. So yeah. having that kind of competent villain to be able to, to like fucking do it. She did the work. <laughs> like she accomplished her gold. I mean, she gets stabbed, but she's successful. Like uh, the the way that the season finale ends is is such a like an immediate. Like I'm I'm glad that I I watched this. You know, not when it was on, and I can immediately go to to uh, season five. But just leaving off on that. Oh, 
okay, everything did not work out uh, is incredible. Y'all yeah, have no man. idea. Y'all have no idea the torture that was like watching this fucking season to season because it was literally like it's not much anymore. And especially since I'm starting doing the podcast, I don't watch them live or anything. But like this was like appointment viewing for me. Like it was basically mm-hmm. Game of Thrones. Like it would come on. I usually w- wouldn't be able to watch it that night, but the next night, like I'd be like, okay, me, my wife, the lights turned down, a glass of wine, a beer, <laughs> and like let's watch yeah. some fucking Supernatural. <laughs> I am ready. <laughs> and I I was like that for a long time. I think until about season seven and my wife was finally like, why don't you just watch this by yourself? I'll look at my phone. I'll be like, okay, that's fine. That's cool. That's okay. I'll get it. <laughs> that's about the time to bow out. Yeah. I think but that it was, it was the it end was of season that I caught up finally. Yeah. Really? Do you remember the, the whole like Twitter beef back then? Because I think Misha Collins tweeted out Lucifer rising um, or like Lucifer is coming or something like that. And I think it was Jay-Z started a hashtag like God is here or something like that because <laughs> because Lucifer Rising started trending on Twitter and they all thought it was this like weird satanic thing and they're like no it's for a TV show Jay Z please please relax. yeah you have Misha Collins beefing with Jay Z yeah. <laughs> Jay I, don't, I can't confirm oh, please oh please <laughs> it's your boy please <laughs> young hove please <laughs> oh man. I I am des- I'm I'm gonna go make sure that I look up that if I'm trying to find a, a link to it so I can figure out exactly what <laughs> what was going on in Twitter. I didn't even know yeah. Twitter existed back then. I didn't join it. Oh yeah, Supernatural was a had a big part um, in the early days of Twitter of like popularizing it with TV shows because they started tweeting everything and that's how I started catching up with uh, everything going on with the show and that's why I joined Twitter to begin with. I actually have never revealed that to anybody. <laughs> I joined Twitter so I could like follow Supernatural actors. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Circle. I'm pretty sure you've said that on the podcast before. I think I, f- I feel like I knew that, so don't feel bad. Yeah, it is, it is what it is. Whenever I look, when I look back at my Twitter, it's like the first people I'm follow, following are like Jared Padalecki and whoever else. <laughs> Please, I want to engage with Hunks and Brand. Please, hi, yes. <laughs> hi, Hunks. Hi, it's me, your friend Chris. Hi. <laughs> I can only imagine, like, because we do this sometimes. We talked about the show of going to the profile of the the podcast and like looking at the person, like, okay, they follow. Us and then like detergent, like that's a weird thing, <laughs> right? <laughs> I can only imagine like uh, Misha Collins like looking at Chris's uh, just baby Twitter page and being like, "Okay, he follows me, Jared, and at anime." That's weird. <laughs> what is at <laughs> anime? <laughs> uh, Dylan, I wanted to ask you, uh, as, since and this just seems like a good point since we're talking about kind of the fandom around it. Like, did you engage as you were watching the show? Did you engage with any of the Tumblr fandom or any of the the crazy stuff that the fandom? gets up to like were you like reading something awful forums because i think you're a something awful guy if i remember that right i'm not actually you're not but uh yeah i used to lurk the site but the no i didn't and and like so much of that is like i felt (laughs) this weird like sense of shame for really liking a cw you know hunk dramedy as much as i did (laughs) and uh and like for a long time felt like i needed to hide that but like People crawl out of the woodworks and like everybody really loves this show. If you've given it a chance, it, mm-hmm. it, it grows on you um, to the point where I've come around and I'm, I'm just I'm proselytizing it. Uh, you know, I've got like I teach and uh, like some of my kids are super into Supernatural. Uh, and, you know, I'll just like look at their like their, uh, uh, you know, dusty L notebooks or whatever. I'm just like, thumbs up. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, we it's it's been interesting doing this. Um 
and getting more engaged in that. And like specifically with the Destiel stuff, like I joke about it a lot, but uh, Autumn and I are watching this and looking at each other like, how did we didn't, how did we never pick up on this? Like, right? are we that fucking hetero that we just, just assumed <laughs> that it wouldn't happen? Like, I don't, how, cause it's so obvious and like watching the They're series again. so close together. They never speak close. to each other unless they are two inches from each other's noses. It is ridiculous. I don't even talk to my wife that way. Like, it's ridiculous. <laughs> They're, they're the most feeling. intimate couple on television. <laughs> Chris, if we ever do a live show, I want to structure it so that we are basically staring at each other's eyes in, a, in that way the entire time. Also, I'll be wearing a trench coat. <laughs> oh, good, good. Just go ahead and secure the morethanbrothers.com uh, <laughs> for you. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I'm trying to think of like some other some other arcs that we took. Uh, like, I, I like the fact that this season really gave Bobby a chance to shine. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh. Bobby's the best honk. Bobby uh, building, and I think we see it almost in. I think we see it in the second episode, maybe the first. But building his uh, basically demon proof like room, and then that paying off it towards the end of the season mm-hmm. with having to uh, detox Sam. I think is is really cool. Mm-hmm. I really like Bobby as the the nexus for a lot of hunters. Like I think that's I think that's a yeah. legit place to be. Right? Like that's a that's a fun place to be. He just uh, seems like the most competent guy in the room. He, he's always the most competent guy in the room. <laughs> It's weird to think like he this this is the where he finally takes on the role of Bobby because I always mm-hmm. consider him to be the Bobby that we all know and love, but it's really this season where he 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 becomes the hunter that takes care of all the other hunters. I feel like Sam and Dean could not have gone through the season without him. God no, and and I always forget that too. And on my rewatches, like that Bobby just really doesn't hit his stride until kind of partway through th- season three, and then really. Becomes the Bobby we know and love here, but he really just doesn't have a lot of time on the show uh, when mm-hmm. it's all said and done. And it's surprising for how much of like a, a, a centerpiece, like a nexus that he feels like. And, and I think so much of that probably has to be because they knew they couldn't get uh, John Winchester to sign back on. And they were like, hey, <laughs> these guys need a dad. <laughs> so they went with him and I'm so glad. It seems yeah, because like Jim Beaver is such choice. a strong actor, like like literally every single scene that he's in and anything I'm just kills the screen for like yeah. Deadwood, Breaking Bad, Better Call Saul, oh, all that stuff. Deadwood. Deadwood. He is so fucking good. Like I kind of just want to rewatch that show. Like I'm a huge Tim, Timothy Oliphant fan, but like just kind of want to rewatch that show because of Jim Beaver. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, there is a, I think Bobby's presence gets extended a bit because they're always on the phone with him. Mm-hmm. He's always referenced even when he's not in the show. So he starts to feel central to the boys lives and when we're watching sam and dean's lives it feels like bobby is always there he's just off screen even when there are big chunks of episodes where he doesn't show up at all i think i think is there an episode where they go to his house when he's not there maybe he's on vacation i think and they like hold out there doing something (laughs) later on they do that a lot yeah there's like he's got his moment with the the fbi phone bank is that in this one Mm -hmm. yeah that's in this season Mm -hmm. i love that like (laughs) that's such good world building Oh, he's him. just like cooking eggs or something. Yeah, yeah, with that wall and like getting just laying into that FBI agent. Yeah, that was just <laughs> so good. Who was definitely not an FBI agent who ended up being. Oh, um, right. Oh, that's uh, right. A siren. Episode. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's where it's, Sam has sex with a human woman for the very first time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, there's, of, there's Jess. <laughs> these brothers are boinking all across the cosmology in this it's, season. It's just a whole, a whole lot of mystic fucking going on. <laughs> I mean,. You gotta, you gotta give Dean some props, right? Like, that dude has had sex with an angel. <laughs> like, admittedly fallen, <laughs> but still, like, that's pretty good. I mean, I know 
Sam has weird demon blood sex with with his girlfriend and his now wife. Sure. So like props to him on the monogamy side, but. I mean, like, I feel like Dean gets the better part of that deal as far as, you know, who you're going to bone. I, th- I feel like Dean wins by a, by a mile. Yeah. Both and of I them, think- though, are kind of intolerable sex scenes to watch. Good <laughs> yeah. Lord. Oh, my God. They're never good, and I don't know I, why that they continue to push it. But I, hey, forgot that, I forgot that they set the Anna one to Ready for Love. Yeah. <laughs> I was just laughing my ass off. It's very aggressive. <laughs> Oh man, it kicks off too, man. Like they go right into it and yep. get the hand on the ins- on inside of the fogged up window on the back seat of the Impala. Oh, oh yeah. man. I gotta That's... say the the best thing about that scene, like the payoff for it, is when Dean finally sees her again and he's like, Hey, you look good. And she's like, Yeah, yeah no, not right now. <laughs> now is not the time, Dean. I'm an angel again, <laughs> Dean, and he's just like, whatever. <laughs> Dean ignoring basically all context from a lot of this stuff. Um, there's several times where he does that, where he's just like, whatever, like the time that um, Sam uh, lets uh, Jimmy Neutron, I can't remember, Jimmy Novak, Castiel's uh, meat <laughs> suit, Jimmy and uh, just lets him go. And Dean's like, oh, you know, got to talk to the big guy, <laughs> like or whatever. Like He's just so casually brushing his teeth and not caring about it. Casual Dean is some of my favorite Dean in season four, right? Like that's some okay. of my, yeah. my best scenes. What uh? What do you guys do? You guys think that season four did anything wrong? Like, I don't want to try to specifically like look for flaws or anything, but is there anything that calls out to you? Like, the closest I can get is probably the, that series of three episodes, and and like we mentioned, that's some of the funniest stuff that they do. Like, Chris Angel is a douchebag is is a pretty solid Great, episode yeah. on its own, and uh, you know, seeing Dean at that high school, like, you know, hitting people in the dick with dodgeballs <laughs> is is really fu- it's so strong that i don't remember anything else about that episode except that scene when we started this podcast i feel like if anything the pacing is a little weird in this one mm-hmm. in terms of how it handles usually like in in most of the supernatural seasons there's a good balance of like comedy episodes of monster of the week episodes and of like you know uh metaplot stuff and this one like it front loads a lot of the comedy stuff and then just forgets about it it feels like uh because the stakes are so ridiculously high, it's kind of hard to fit something in there. Yeah. Yeah, and, and in some ways towards the end of the season, it feels like they're playing catch-up with Sam. Yeah, um, definitely. Where they're finally trying to be like, wait, 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 okay, we got to bring him back a little bit more because I don't, I don't, as even Chuck says in the show, like he seems a little bit too irredeemable towards the end. Yeah. Um, and everybody knows I'm a Sam guy. Like I, I was always rooting for him. But especially after hearing Jeremy, you talk about it and a lot of people's feedback and response to the show thinking like this is like he's always doing the bad thing throughout the entire season and then when he goes to do the worst thing at the end of the season they finally start to make his true self i guess come through or like the sympathetic side of sam come through so you do feel bad for what he's doing and you do want everything to be okay with him not that you don't throughout the season but i think that by putting him up next to dean for a lot of it yeah we just are like yeah we're on dean's side like, Sam, you're not doing the right thing. Even though I probably, first time watching this, was on Sam's side. Um, but that's not the typical, I think, viewpoint you would get when watching this. I mean, there's you like take, a four-episode stretch of Sam at his worst. Yeah. and <laughs> Seriously. It, it, that's where the season sometimes feels like it fails Sam just a little bit. Mm-hmm. By, by making Dean so much more um, relatable, maybe. Um, like I said, you, you know that he's right with everything he's doing. So when Sam goes and does something bad or lies to Dean, it's hard to not feel like Sam's the bad guy throughout the yeah. whole thing. Um, again, I didn't necessarily feel that, but it is right there. And it, and then by the, the end of the season, they want to make up for that. Um, and they also, it feels like at a certain point, leave Dean's hell 
baggage behind. Um, yeah. Which maybe was for the best because maybe they didn't want to dwell on it too long. But after a certain point, it just doesn't come up anymore. And you would think that that's still kind of an issue, like this broken man trying to save his little brother from turning into the thing that he basically became himself when he was in hell. I think um, it makes it harder for them. They kind of write themselves into a corner with making Dean go dark side because he is so, so likable and mm-hmm. so like on top of things in this season that you never really buy it later on when they try and do it because, yeah. you know, it's same old Dean. Dean it's, is definitely a lot harder to believe going dark side than Sam. And Sam often lets emotions get in the way of his of his job or of his his deal, right? Like he's he's the mm-hmm. guy that wants to stop and talk about his feelings all the time, like, as he tries to do throughout the show. Really, <laughs> specifically, the, the worst in season two. And Chris, you have that one picture oh God, that's yeah. just like <laughs> Sam yelling yeah. at Dean from Sam the side while Dean, while Dean just looks away. Um, <laughs> but like Dean is the person that does not let that shit happen. Like he's going to shove it down, and he'll you know he'll have to punch it out later with somebody. But if he's going to go get the job done, whether that's a hunt or saving Castiel or going to find whatever you know gotcha that they need to go find to do stuff. Um, just a quick peek ahead. Very early in season five, they actually reference Dean's um, being in hell which I thought was funny because they literally don't mention it in the last like yeah. 10 episodes yeah. of season four. So they do remember it. They just maybe, I, I really think it was just more, Hey, Sam is the dark guy and we want Dean to be the light guy, right? Like we just, mm-hmm. we want those two, we want that, that parallel, that, that dissonance with each other. And it, yeah, it feels mm-hmm. like maybe at some point they wanted them both to be turning into less than hunky, you know, yeah. like they're, they're both turning from the path. They're both, starting to become like the things that they hunt for various reasons, but you can't do that to both of your protagonists. I think it's no, more, go ahead. It, well, I was going to say they, they set that up very early on is like, it feels like in the first season they want Dean to be the, the, the bad guy, yeah. the, the kind of spooky one. But you know, they, they, I guess they realize like you take a good long look into Jensen's bedroom eyes and you're just done. <laughs> <laughs> I, and I think it works. It works very naturally because of that. They find the rhythm. They find yeah. like what the actors are good at. And I think Sam being the overly emotional one, and of He's course they've it. got they've got the psychic demon blood thing to help it, but that really does lend itself to becoming a bad guy. Um, we always reference Star Wars because that's like the easiest comparison because they do too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's hard really when the show is saying literally dark side like four or five times. Yeah. So. but that's exactly what it is. You know, letting your emotions, your desire for good, become something evil is it's really understandable. Um, and I don't necessarily think that they do a bad job with any no. of that. It all is all believable, but like I said, it starts to feel almost irredeemable up to a certain point. And it's weird because at the end, he's doing the worst things. He like drinks yeah. a woman, but um, that's when you start to feel like, oh shit! Like this is this is all bad. This is totally out of Sam's hands. Like he thinks he's doing a good thing, and he's not. Well, I was going to say also that uh, like I, I came back to the show most recently, like right around when you guys started the podcast, because I was watching Gilmore Girls with my girlfriend, uh, <laughs> and that, that show's great. Uh, it is a great show. <laughs> and and Sam is in it as Dean, which is very confusing. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you know, I was like, oh man, I remember that hunk. I got to go back. Uh, you know, like you come for the Sam, but damn if you don't stay for the Dean here. <laughs> like <laughs> I, I just kept realizing like how, how much like I feel like. They're both great, but Jensen really carries some of the most important moments of this show. 
I'm telling you, Jensen, Jensen and Misha are the dynamic duo yeah, of this, yeah. of this, of this yeah. entire series. I think, like, I, all due respect to Jared, right? Like, I think that dude is a great actor, and I think he does a really yeah. great job on the show. And I know a lot and of he's people gotten way better as as time has gone on. Too. Oh yeah, and not to mention filled out, dude is on some protein powder, <laughs> roided up. <laughs> but uh, like Jared and, uh, and and Misha, excuse me, Jensen and Misha really. Like they, they just put in some like fucking world class performances, and it's a shame yeah. that like this show will never ever get any kind of like legit awards, and it may not even deserve it. Like I don't know, but I would just like those dudes to have something on their shelf to say like, "Hey, you if, did a good job, buddy." If they just had like a consistency award or something, <laughs> yeah. I feel like everybody in the show would clean up there. Um, yeah, you need you need characters like Dean in order to make Sam stuff work. Like it's the only way you can pull right. off that yeah. whole going dark side, very emotional, bad evil person thing you have to have someone solid like dean to hold the show down still there has to be still a reason that you're tuning in if you're just watching uh your hero become a bad guy it might not be that interesting you might be like wow he's just a dick but then you're just watching star wars episode three yeah (laughs) you have dean pulling him back and i've always said that especially in later seasons after season five it feels like they're not writing the show for sam anymore they're writing it Mm -hmm. for dean and i used to be a little bit frustrated by that again because being being on Team Sam, I wanted Sam to be able to to pull back. Like everything still felt like it. We were dealing with what happened in the season finale of uh, season four. Like right. that that sin that like bad thing that he does feels like it never fully goes away. And I always wanted them to redeem him more and more. And they do a lot to to redeem him. But they start writing the show for Dean, especially in season six and onward. It's Dean's show. And I think that they probably pull it back in, in certain scenes, but I found myself often waiting for when Sam was going to get his time to shine again. Uh, yeah. I don't know how the show is now because, I, like I said, I'm not I'm not caught up, but um, it's definitely become. I can tell you by all the uh, recommended sites, that, recommended blogs that I was told to follow on Tumblr, like just just constantly clicking every single one without even looking at them. It's a Dean fest. Like mm-hmm. all of those things are do- posting nothing but Dean. Like I have to dig to find a picture of Sam on our Tumblr blog, and we follow hundreds of garbage tumbler blocks <laughs> so and maybe like five good ones i don't know i don't i don't actually look through there very often but yeah it's it's bad it's weird when it gets to the point that castiel seems to kind of overshadow sam a little mm-hmm. bit mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. and i think again being defensive of sam it, it comes down to obviously dean is just more like on the surface likable and yeah. just about yeah. every way and i think that sam you have to dig around a lot more to find the interesting character there and I will always stand by, and I think that Sam is more interesting for my taste. Um, I don't think that he's better than Dean because I love Dean. Um, but it's not as uh, – he's not he's just not as likable on the surface, and that's just what it really what it comes down to. But it does make him a more interesting character, mm-hmm. and without him, I don't think the, the supernatural equation works. Like you yeah. couldn't have a buddy cop comedy with just Dean and Castiel going around and you know kind of making – lovey eyes at each other and, and solving crimes. <laughs> yeah. Like it just, you, you need Sam to anchor it a little bit. Mm-hmm. And they, and again, not to get into spoilers, but having just watched the beginning of season five, they literally tried to do just that. Yeah. Where, uh, and, and it, and it, and it works on an, on that episode. Like, I, but I think if you extended that out to a season, like I don't, I don't think that that would be like, you have to have that relationship there that Dean Sam core, like you're my brother. I'm going to do whatever I can for you. Willing to sacrifice everything and every, and, and everyone just for you kind of relationship is something that the show needs for its stakes. Um, mm-hmm. As much as I regret the show going constantly bigger and bigger and bigger, 
like at the beginning, the stakes are really just like their family, and that's what right. they're and that's they carry that through through season five, and then we start getting to some weird stuff. But yeah. it, but it's still fun. I, I'm not dissing the, those episodes, but it's still fun. But it's you know having those close personal stakes and having that relationship between Sam and Dean, it needs to be there. Like, and that, that's mm-hmm. the th- only thing that's really missing with uh, Cass and, and Dean as close to friends as they are. And they've, as, as much as they have, you know, crossed over this barrier between a cosmic entity and a human, it's, it's not a brother, right? Like he, mm-hmm. he's, right. he's not blood. And I think that's the, they teach us in season one and a lot of season two is that the Winchester blood is that's, that's the most important thing to him. Mm-hmm. Those boys love blood. <laughs> they do love Blizzy? blood. <laughs> the, yeah, the De- Demon, Demon Blizzy, Blizzy, I think is what you were mentioning there, Chris. Uh, yes, yes, of course. Yes, yes, of course, of course. Uh, I'm going to need to go to the Wikipedia and see if I can just get a reference made and see how long it would take to get it to take it down. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, well, shit, not to mention the Winchester blood. This is this season has a time travel oh, shit. episode. Yeah, oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes, it does. It's, Lest I mean, we forget. That episode... <laughs> Ooh, wow. Watching your uh, mom make out with your grandpa and knowing that it's a demon deal has got to be a, like, man, Dean, Dean, for as much shit as Sam has gone through, Dean has gone through some shit, y'all. No kidding. <laughs> but let's not forget that he also said, I got to tell Sam the mom was hot. I got to tell yeah. Sam that mom was a hottie, I think was the. Oof. Oof. Dean, please. Dean, please. Dean, please. Uh, Dylan, let's, let's, let's wrap up our season four stuff. What's your, what's your kind of. What's your thoughts on season four and maybe Supernatural as a whole up to this point? And uh, kind of give us an idea of what – I know you've seen the show, but kind of what you're looking forward to to come in without going into well, major I, spoilers. I still <laughs> haven't seen past season eight because I hit a bit, a bit of a roadblock uh, there. Uh, but there's still so much good stuff ahead, and I can't wait to see you guys get to it. Like uh, season seven, I love the hell out of that season. I think it's trash, but it is so, so enjoyable. <laughs> um, but like there's just – so much to love about season four. It's really this show hitting its full stride. It's like opening up this world in a way that you do not expect a CW show to do, uh, and making it like incredibly fun to live in. Um, and this is like, if, if anybody is kind of doubting themselves by the time they're getting through like season three and yeah, I can't really blame you with season one, but like, you just got to keep going and you got to get to season four and see what this show, you know, can do. Uh, and, you know, no matter where the where that goes in the future, uh, it's always got this, and it'll always be a gem in my book for that. Chris, what are your what are your last thoughts on on season four as we move into season five? Uh, this is this is where I've really had to start defending my boy Sam uh, from all of you <laughs> uh, hashtag haters out there. Uh, but this is this has been the most fun rewatch for me because I, like I've watched these seasons so many times in the past. Uh, and really being able to f- like fully examine the dynamic of the boys, trying to figure out what I liked about Sam going through, like why I related to him, why I thought that he was redeemable. Um, when, especially the, like the older I get, the more I watch the show. Dean is so clearly he's the one you go to. He's he's the hunk. Um, mm-hmm. And yet I still find that same compassion, that same that same um, I don't know relation, I guess, with Sam that I did the first time I watched it. Um, but being able to really look at everything that's happening and not just say like oh angels are cool and psychic powers are cool um i i can it's been really rewarding to like dig into all of it mm-hmm. and figure out like why is this good why do we think it's like quote cool like what it, it's good it's also really good because of how dynamic it is and the show deserves a lot more credit than i think it gets as we've you know Definitely. said over and over again absolutely mm-hmm. you know season four just it's very very complex it feels like a long drawn out movie script rather than uh, mm-hmm. 
season of a television show uh, because it takes the idea that both of these guys are our heroes and it completely breaks that in half. And yet at the end of the day, they still kind of are our heroes despite all of the bullshit in between. And that's what makes the show so compelling to me. The, my, my feelings on season four, uh, I spent a lot of time during season four yelling the word Sam, please. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's easily the, the roughest patch of Sam's entire life. And uh, it's going to have some serious ramifications on the character and we're, we're going to, and they're going to get into that, but seeing his transformation from a person that just wants to save the world into somebody that believes that his, even though it's Dean's job to save the world, that Dean's not up to it, that Dean can't handle it. And using that to justify all of the horrible shit that he was doing, killing killing innocent people to drink them, uh, having weird demon blood sex with Ruby, as fun as that probably is. Um, and also, you know, <laughs> obviously worked for them in some way. <laughs> like if they, they ended up married with, with a bunch of kids, so good good on them. <laughs> um, but all the way to the last episode, and where he realizes that he's been betrayed, he realizes the full what he's what he has done he realizes exactly what has happened like he is he is freed lucifer um even though we don't know in the show what that quite means yet he is freed lucifer and we see that turn on screen and we see him realize like holy shit and we see him say i'm sorry to dean in a way that is so believable like he just looks like a broken broken human being and Really, for as as much shit as I've talked about Sam, and I, I mentioned this a little bit on the last episode, this so redeems him in my mind. Like seeing that transformation happen, where he goes through the worst and then realizes, oh shit! Like I, oh shit! I'm the, oh no! This is terrible! What have I done? Um, it's it's so worthwhile. It's so satisfying. Um, not even in like a mean spirited way, right? Like not even in a way where I want Sam to be a terrible person or anything, but just in a way where, like, just seeing the character go through those that arc is 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 so interesting. It's so compelling, and mm-hmm. having like the at the, the Dean, having Dean storyline right alongside it the entire time, where we think that he's doing the right thing by you know partnering with these angels and doing what they say, but finding out that he has been just as manipulated as Sam was by the demons and finding out like he's been betrayed by ultimately not Castiel because Castiel gets to be on his side, but being betrayed by these agents of the quote unquote Lord and then going against God's plan and showing up at Chuck's house and Chuck being like, I didn't write this. What the hell are you doing here? And there's a, (laughs) there's a moment uh, that I didn't really pay attention to until uh, I, I used it as a gif in the announcement where he says that, like Castiel tells Chuck, like we're we're going out, we're doing things our own way now, and Dean looks at him like, "Fuck yeah, <laughs> he's excited about <laughs> it." <laughs> and that, and that, and them two of them meeting, uh, Dean and, and Sam meeting after being apart for a couple of episodes, and then having the moment that they have where they kill Ruby and they're there together to face Lucifer. I think that's huge, so huge, right? Like that just—it's so satisfying of an ending. Chris, you keep mentioning this, and I, I agree with you. We have wrapped up almost everything in season four. Like we have kind of dealt with it. We're going to have ramifications of it, but I don't feel like we're in the middle of a drama, except for obviously Lucifer coming out of the ground, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, this is—I think this is probably one of my favorite seasons of television ever. And I'm so excited we got to do a podcast about it. I get to talk for like <laughs> for twenty sure, yeah. hours about it. <laughs> Maybe longer. <laughs> Probably longer. <laughs> Probably longer. Let's not go add that up. That, that seems like a terrible time. <laughs> uh, Dylan, thank you for joining us. We really appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure. Um, tell everybody where they can find you on the internet. 
horriblepodcast.com if you want to uh, face value reviews on shitty and good horror movies uh, <laughs> and uh, follow the fun podcast soon to be up uh, if you want to hear me talk about video games too. Uh, and Supernatural stuff is is all here on Monster of the Week. This is your one-stop shop. <laughs> nice plug, I guess. Nice yeah, plug, you guys. Good. 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 That's I like good. them apples. <laughs> that's that's good podcast guest right there. I love that. Uh, I just want to throw a personal recommendation out for a horrible podcast. Um, I don't listen to it as, near as much as I want to because I get the, I get stuck in this thing where I want to have seen the thing to, before, uh, I, before I listen to a podcast about it. I should it. say we're spoiler-free. So, you know, yeah, Jeremy's yeah, just got this uh, weird bug up his butt. I do, I do. Like, it's so weird hearing people talk about something you haven't seen before. Like, I, I know we have people that do that for this show, and it just, I, I just can't make myself do it. But the ones that I've listened to with with movies that I've known, I've absolutely loved, and I would highly recommend it. So if you're if you're into horror movies, definitely go check that podcast out. Aw, shucks. <laughs> um, everybody, stay tuned. After the musical break, we're gonna be back. We're gonna be reading nine pages worth of feedback. So me and Chris are gonna oh, be exhausted oh, by the end woo. of the session. <laughs> it's going to be ridiculous, and we have a lot of fun questions and everything. So stick with us, and uh, we will see you right after the musical break. And we're back. Thank you for sticking with us through the break. Uh, huge no problem, thank yous to Dylan. I'm talking to the listeners, Chris. I'll, I'll thank you in a minute. Calm down. Um, <laughs> thank you, listeners, for sticking with us through the break. We've got a lot of fun, fun, and interesting feedback uh, ahead. Thank you uh, to Dylan for guessing. He was an awesome guy, right? Yeah, that was great. That was good. That was good. And thank you, Chris, for you know continuing to do the podcast that you and I both oh. signed up to do. Hey, you are totally welcome. Don't even no no sweat anytime, my friend. <laughs> um, let's get right into it because we've got a lot, and I want to talk about it all. Let's do this. So, first up, uh, a message from at the underscore patches, our good friend Patches, who talks about well, uh, supernatural well, a lot. Well. Um, he sent this in way early, uh, so thank you for sending in feedback early. That's awesome. That's why he's the first one. Uh, he says, sending it in, sending what, what, do, do, do. Uh, sending this in for the episode four feedback before I forget. Um, he's <laughs> only a third of the way through the season at the time of writing, but so hyped about season four that I couldn't wait to offer this question. In order for the two hosts to become complete parodies of themselves during recording, I offer the following question. Sam, Dean, Bobby, Ruby, which Dark Souls build would each one favor? Oh, God. These questions are always very difficult for me. Um, what, do you, what do you think? What do you think, Jeremy? Uh, I mean, Ruby, so Ruby off- is going to be having a dex build because she's stabbing you in the back. Bingo. Yep. Yep. Exactly what I was about to say. So, so good work on that one. Uh, I feel like Dean would be kind of like the, the light armor knight guy that can kind of mm-hmm. like what, what is known as a quality build in the soul circles, which means that you have kind of enough stats and your uh, enough points in your offensive stats to be able to wield a large variety of weapons because he's, you know, he's a ranged attacker. He's an up close attacker. You know what I'm saying? He can wield bigger yeah, weapons sure, or smaller sure. weapons. Yeah. 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 Um, I'm stuck on Bobby though, because Bobby would there's be- not, about as close to a tank as you can get because he protects everybody and that's what he's about. Okay, he'd be in okay I'm with that. With two shields equipped. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to be Havel the Rock. Exactly right. Yeah. Okay, okay, I can get that. Because he, he's, you know, he can take a lot, and he, but when he's ready to dish it out, it's going to hurt. Yeah, and, um, oh, for sure. I hope that all of the Supernatural fans listening know, have any idea what we're talking about with this Dark Souls bullshit. It's uh, a great video game. 
You should go check it out. Don't give up skeleton.com. Uh, you should also, and then Sam, Sam is obviously a wizard, right? Yes, definitely. Cause he's just way overpowered and there's very little challenge except, you know, the real challenge is, is of course inside of you and knowing that, mm-hmm. um, you made these choices. It's not in dark souls, but there was a, like a, a dark souls like, uh, that came out called salt and sanctuary. And there's a hidden magic covenant in that game that's straight up blood magic. Like it's a blood magic covenant. And so, using yeah. any sort of your magic like took away from your health. So you had to kind of compensate. It was That dope sounds as hell. like Sam. Yeah. That sounds like Sam. So thank you, Patches, for writing in. Yeah. Go check out his Twitter profile. I Chris, think that we arrived at like some pretty solid stuff there. Okay, yeah, this one is from X Nissa uh, on Twitter, Waywardness. Um, okay. Favorite character introduction. We briefly touched on this in the show. I feel like I feel like right now it's going to be just Castiel. <laughs> yeah, but I want to. Um, I, I, I do think we need to start talking about like when we have our big character introductions. We need to we need to check that. Yeah, out. my favorite character introduction happens at the beginning of season five. Um, I won't talk about that too much. Okay. But I did have another one in mind, and it's now it's now slipping from my brain. Uh, it's it's in season five. So yeah, that's it. That's all I have to say. Castiel, and then in season five, when a character gets introduced. Cool. Oh, yeah, and the rest of the message. Okay, so regarding the discussion about Monster at the end of this book, it's funny. The Dean and Cass scene where Dean looks up and prays, it never occurred to me that he was praying to God. I legit, every time I watch this episode, and I've watched it a lot, thought he was trying to contact Castiel. That's what I really love about listening to the podcast. Sometimes you guys see things differently for me, and that's cool. Wanted to say that. Well, that is very nice, and I'm always happy to hear people's feedback because I feel like Jeremy we kind of agree on a lot of things a lot of the time so mm-hmm. it's always good to get outside perspectives um, also also bonus Destio points for Dean saying he's full frontal in the supernatural books and Castiel saying to Chuck later I'm a big fan of your work <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was a good catch that was a fun one <laughs> yeah that is really good yeah, if if you're listening and uh, you have a different interpretation of events uh, than me and Chris do, or like a scene or a motivation or, or what have you, send, send that into us. Like, I am very very interested. Uh, we usually save feedback for the the end of the season, um, but if it's something that we need to talk about on the next episode or whatever, I'll, I'll probably bring it up in outtakes or uh, maybe even in the main mm-hmm. episode. So, like, don't hesitate to send that stuff in. Also, I apologize if I said your name wrong. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go Nis. I'll say that's, that's what I said. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's what I would say. Um, next up is from Tom the Optimist at Tom the Optimist on Twitter. That's he says, nice. <clears throat> Monster of the Week got me back into rewatching uh, the first five seasons of Supernatural. My rewatch got my girlfriend in the show, and we both agree season four is excellent, probably the best of the original show. <clears throat> Excuse me. Family Remains, a.k.a. Oops All Humans, is an old favorite of mine, just because it feels like a good season one episode. That said, you mentioned on the podcast about that episode that it felt like it was an outside script that was turned into an episode. I can't confirm that, but I noticed in Hollywood Babylon, the original script for Hellhazers 2 is listed with a different title when you see it. It was like Lords of Darkness or something. Considering the amount of self-referential jokes, that might be a reference to real events. Either way, it's way better than the benders. Okay, well, (laughs) sure. Yeah. Um, all of that said season four has the best angels back when they were scary they're mysterious and when they intervene there's a lot of intimidation until they start saying mud monkey that part always made them seem less terrifying agents of fate and more like Gary Oak from Pokemon can you uh, can you can you give me that reference I don't know I don't know from Pokemon Chris I don't know any Pokemon Gary Oak is your is your rival and he is a dick okay okay cool okay so this is okay I got it so uh 
Tom finishes, all in all, I love the show and I love Supernatural too. One question, if you could redo a monster that got weak treatment in the show, which would you pick? I go with Rawhead because an old boogeyman is always good fodder for a story. Here's to you for doing more seasons. Thank you, Tom, for all of the nice words and Thank for spending you. the time to write in. Uh, it's got to be Wendigo, right? Yeah, like, that's I the feel first like, thing that came to mind. Yeah, I feel like, and uh, Dylan said this too, like he, he got into the show because of Wendigo and was like super disappointed about it. Uh, but I think there's a lot more room for improvement there. Yeah, a lot of those season one urban legends, like folklore, like the popular ones, uh, maybe the the woman in white, even though I think that they do a pretty good job with that episode, um, when they're not talking about their past, that ep- like the first episode is pretty good. Like the, the whole spooky ghost lady is, is pretty good. Um, but it would be cool to see them give that like the full supernatural treatment or maybe Bloody Mary um, and have it not okay. be about like harassing uh, sad girls again. You know, maybe something. <laughs> but I feel like Wendigo is the real answer there. Agreed. You're up. Okay. This one is from Robert. Hello, Monster of the Week. Cool. That's a warning sign right there, Jeremy. I saw you tweeting about game and thought you might be interested in play live sports game. You're not going to get me again, Jeremy. <laughs> got you. I got you. You, you knew it was coming. Bitch. You knew it was coming. Yes, you we occasionally get spam on the feedback thing. Normally, I just delete it, but sometimes I try to hide it to make it make Chris read it on the show, and it's always a good time. Uh, our next feedback is from our very own Autumn Greer. Uh, she wrote in with the season four fuck Mary hunt listeners. If this is your first feedback episode, we, we love to do a good fuck Mary hunt. Um, her, her three options are an angel without their grace, a human with a great destiny and a demon that seems to have a heart of gold. <laughs> I think these three options are really good. Chris, I like this. Um, a lot. Those are really good. Options. <laughs> um, okay. So you're gonna, um, you're gonna, you're gonna marry the angel without the grace because that's got that's got potential written all over it. You know what I'm saying? Like that's that's oh, no, money in the no, bank. No. I, I, dis- I disagree. But can, okay, I'm glad we finally I'll... disagree on our on our <laughs> thing. Um, you're gonna you're gonna hunt the demon, and you're gonna you're just gonna shag up with the what, what is it the human with human the with destiny? the great de- destiny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, I would want to marry the human with the great destiny. Like that would be a that'd be a dope thing to find. Like oh yeah, yeah like probably. like I'm married to Alexander the Great. Like let me go see what that's like. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I'm sure that was a great time. Yeah. <laughs> My exact example that I would have thought of. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, w- I would definitely have to fuck an angel. Like I, I'm, like even like, it sounds weird when I say it like that. But yeah, I would definitely have to fuck an angel. Like over over <laughs> fucking a demon, I would go. Well, I don't know. Hold on, hold on, because demon blood sex. <clears throat> that demon blizzy sex seems. Oh, hot. true. Like, True. When we Ruby seems into it, like when she get, does that little like smirk when she's like giving it to Sam. Like when I say it, I definitely mean blood to Sam. Yeah, demon Like she, she seems like that seems like super hot. Yeah, I mean, I mean, also she's a demon, and like that means you would have to either kill a human or an angel. But like, sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, there are some weird consent issues when it comes to the demons. So, um, I guess I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna fuck the angel. That lost their grace, um, mm-hmm. and then I'm gonna I'm gonna kill that demon because yeah. no demon has a heart of gold, as we will find. True, yeah, that's not possible. Uh, let's move on. Thank you, thank you, Autumn. Okay. By the way, that was that was really nice. We appreciate it. At uh, at Mrs underscore Greer on Twitter. I forgot to put that. Yes, in. yes. Um, should I read the name of the email? I'm not going to give this person's email address away, but I'm going to say M Bell for now. The message says. 
Um, oh, Twitter, at Coldhammer. There you go. Cold with a K. There we go. Sorry, everybody. I'm just spoiling everything. Uh, hi, Chris and Jeremy. Hello. Really enjoyed Hello. enjoying listening to the podcast. Uh, no one I know has ever watched Supernatural, and so whenever I've tried to talk about it, I've quickly found myself in a, uh, I know it looks terrible, but really it's good situation, rather than the deep dive analysis I was hoping for. Season four holds a special place in my heart. As Lazarus Rising was the first episode I ever saw, that's interesting, and it is still would, my favorite episode. I would love to know, like, what kind of, like, opening this up and watching Lazarus Rising and going, like, what the fuck is going on in this show? Yeah. <laughs> like, there's no, there's no on-ramp for new people except for the first 30 seconds, right? Like, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Having dismissed the show based on the awful This Show Was Sexy TV commercials that ran here in the UK, I happened to cross th- that episode and was Im- immediately hooked by the mystery of Dean's Grave Escape. Um, I bought season one to three on DVD and watched all 60 episodes in two weeks. My girlfriend Damn. was working nights and it was snowing a lot. Don't judge me. <laughs> no judgment here. <laughs> no judgment I think season four is the perfect balance of being heavy on metaplot, but with everything still having a sense of mystery. I often find with fantasy, fantasy shows that once you get lots of exposi- exposition, they can start to feel a little silly and disappointing. But the fact that, that you still don't know the end game here means you've, you're full of anticipation uh, and along for the ride. It should be said, though, that season five actually does pay off in more satisfying ways than almost any other show has managed after such a long buildup. I agree. I drifted away from Supernatural after season seven, um, but have just ordered the season one to twelve Blu-ray set so I can keep watching along with you guys. Thank you. So no pressure, but that was pretty expensive, so you better keep this up. <laughs> anyway, sorry that was so long-winded, uh, but like I say, usually I don't get further than, yes, they are hunks, but the scripts are actually very strong. Um, well, I hope we don't let you down, and I think that we will continue to cover the show, so hopefully you get your money's worth out of those Blu-rays. Um, yeah, thanks for your I kind do, words. I do agree with um, the the exposition part of this. I was talking about mm-hmm, this with mm-hmm. Autumn uh, earlier today. She's reading It. Because um, she guessed on Radio Free Midworld, where we talk about the Dark Tower a lot, and uh, they're going to cover it pretty soon. And also, the movie's coming out pretty soon, so we're gonna, she mm-hmm. wanted to reread it before that came out. And we were talking about kind of the Big Bad, and she was like, you know, it had been a few years since I'd read this, so I forgot that the Big Bad came from, like, and then, like, spoiler territory. And I was like, yeah, that's because it doesn't matter. Like, by the time you get to that, you were, you were engrossed in that book because of how scary the clown is. Like, where that clown came for is kind of irrelevant by the time you get to yeah. the end of it, because it... it you know, it's not going to invoke any more fear. Like you, you were along for that ride. And Stephen King is kind of known for garbage endings, but often find that once you find out like all the motivations for the, you know, the big bad in, in, a, in a book or a movie or something, it gets a little less interesting. For sure. Uh, Super, next up, Supernatural definitely does a good job keeping us on the hook. Uh, next up, I I called out some people on the on the podcast recently and said that I needed I knew they were watching along with the show and that I wanted to find out what their um, season five predictions were. Uh, so our buddy Fletch, um, that I know as Serge on the Duckfeed Slack, sent in some, and Chrissy sent in a bunch. So I actually I divided these up. So if you like look okay. through the notes, you'll you'll see um, you'll see I have I have identified which sections we're going to be reading to one another. Okay. So. Uh, <clears throat> Fletch starts out by saying, I guess if you're going to call me out by name, here's my guesses on season five, <laughs> written while three episodes back from the season four finale. Hi, Chris. I'm the guy Jeremy was talking mess about who watches episodes after your podcast. <laughs> well, hi. <laughs> so, Chris, you've got the first couple. Okay. Clearly, the apocalypse doesn't conclude, given that there are another nine years of show and the lone episode of Spoil Myself on doesn't take place in the post-apocalypse. Uh, for Chris, it was the backdoor pilot with the... I'm reading this. Okay, I'm not reading that for everybody else. Uh, we're going to see uh, a Satan, Lucifer, beast, and or ruler of hell, but no god. 
Uh, they wouldn't dare unless it was oblique as could be. Oh, my mic got in my way of my eyes and I couldn't read. This could be undeniable by the writers. Okay. Uh, like some kind of George Burns old man spotting wisdom and or a hobo. It's always a wise hobo. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Uh, a couple more from, from Fletch. Uh, this is my favorite thing that anybody's ever written into the show. He predicts that John Winchester's ghost riding on the side of the angels and that motorcycles <laughs> might be involved. And Marvel, if you're out there, I know you just did Ghost Rider on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but if Jeffrey Dean Morgan is around and you want to make him the old Ghost Rider to hang out with that uh, the new younger Ghost Rider, I think that's a good idea. Oh, oh man. Um he also says, just like we have Castiel, I'm going to guarantee we get some of neutral to wicked shoulder devil for Dean. And Ooh. then uh, he also says, another trickster episode, my guess, a body swap episode. I can't remember <laughs> if the series ever does a body swap episode. Um, if, and if they do, it has to be that a trickster is involved. So, Yeah. All right. Next theory. Jill will return and die. Her mother will chew out the boys and Sam will fall further into despair and or evil as a result. Given that a lot of people basically hint that the show was planned to end at season five, I'm going to guess that we finally get an episode named after Pink Floyd somehow. <laughs> if this is not true, they're dead to me. <laughs> That's good. I honestly uh, don't know. Uh, more guesses. Thinking on my biblical lore, Four Horsemen, Croatoan episode is finally called back to in the form of pestilence. Can't think of good cases to revisit with the other three. Not that you need that for, say, death. Um, given that season five was 2010, I legitimately can't think of anything from that time period that was trendy. Maybe the iPhone is one of the other horsemen's plans. <laughs> <laughs> Keep up the good work. And I'm look forward to spoiling myself one more time this coming year because Scooby-Doo y'all. Yes, we have, we have <laughs> talked extensively about our, our interest in that episode. Um, thank you Fletch for writing in that. That was very, very nice yes. of you. We're obviously not going to talk about what you've gotten right and what you've gotten wrong, but I do want to tell you specifically you have gotten some things right and some things wrong. (laughs) Very specific of you. Yes, indeed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, This one is from a fabled friend of the show, Autumn Greer. Um, Mm -hmm. What if the additional Winchester son, Adam, had been a girl instead? Do you think that Dean would have felt differently about John spending time with her? How about Sam? Yes for Dean, no for Sam. I agree 100%. Yeah. I think that being John Winchester's son and following in his footsteps, specifically as his son, like inheriting what John is, is very important and very specific of a thing to Dean Winchester. So I think that if it was a girl, I think that he would have felt differently. I think that he would have either been – because, I mean, Dean's not perfect. And I feel like he would have just immediately gone into the, the protective nature of like, I have to protect a little sister here. Um, no matter how capable she was, that's probably how Dean would project. Or he would just, it, because it's different than what he knows, might embrace it more. Whereas he's like, no, I already have a brother. This is bullshit. He's like, wait, I have a sister? That's different. Or Sam, I feel like Sam kind of approached it the same way. Hey, this is our blood. We have to prepare them for the apocalypse. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the place Sam was during that episode, right? Like yeah. he was he was full on and like, we've got to, to solve these, these this huge problem that we're dealing with, no matter what the mm-hmm. cost. Um, I definitely think like it's it's weird to think that a, a just a pure gender swap, if you left all of the characters alone, would cause these people to react to him differently. But I, I think you're right. Dean definitely has. We've seen this with Joe. Um, has a, a protective instinct when it comes to to young women, mm-hmm. uh, and I, I think it, he would have reacted much. I don't think he would have been as jealous, for instance, like uh, yeah. hearing that even if it was the same exact thing, even hearing that a girl went like that. John Winchester took his sister to a baseball game. He'd probably be a little sad about it, but it'd be. I think it would be much more difficult, like looking at somebody that looks a lot like you 
and realizing that they got the stuff, like they got the dad experience that you didn't get versus a little sister where they're like, you kind of want them to have that. And so, yeah, yeah I, th- I think, I think it would have definitely changed some things. It's a very interesting question. Uh, next question is from at Dixon and Dixon and Amanda. <laughs> so, uh, listeners who don't, uh, who may have forgotten, we were looking at Twitter at Chris's Twitter page and we found that there was a woman, uh, on Twitter named at Dixon and Amanda. And I said, Chris, that's a real funny Twitter name. And we kind of, we kind of joked around about it for a lot. And then I, uh, I pretended to be hurt and sad that she didn't follow me on Twitter because she followed the show and Chris, but not me. So I thought that maybe I had done something weird. So we called her out and she listened to it and she wrote in the origin of her Twitter handle. So we've got a, a whole <laughs> huge section to read here. Um, <clears throat> hello boys. You asked me to write in to tell my Twitter handle story, so here I am. But first, I wanted to say that you guys are doing a great job with this podcast, and I feel pretty confident that with your help, I will finally be able to watch this whole damn show. A friend (laughs) recommended it to me because they knew I love Supernatural and that I listen to podcasts while sitting in traffic on my commute in and out of Boston, which Chris can can probably confirm is about as horrible as being tortured by Alistair in hell. Chris, confirm? It's the the worst thing in the whole world, just without context. Yeah, it's awful. Boston. Obviously I've, seen, <laughs> obviously, I've seen seasons. Our highways are so a- fucking broken. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sorry. Obviously, I've seen seasons one through five quite a few times. Yellow Fever is my favorite episode, and I've managed to make it about halfway through season nine before I gave up. But I enjoy your banter, and it makes me feel confident that with your help, I and we can do this. We believe in you, Amanda. We think that you're, <laughs> you're going to get past it with us. You can do this. Moving on to the real reason why I'm here, my Twitter handle. So when I was a freshman in high school, one of my teachers were doing, was doing a roll call and saying names last and then first. So he says my name, and uh, she gives her last name, and it's kind of related here, so I'm just, I don't feel bad about selling her out. Uh, her last name is Dixon, D-I-X-O-N. So he says, he says my name is Dixon Amanda. Um, and kids start giggling about it because it sounds like Dixon and Vanda. <laughs> and it just was a thing that people would laugh at and tease me about. So instead of being a little bitch because I ain't no bitch, I would laugh at it. <laughs> I decided to embrace it with the easiest way to make idiotic high schoolers stop doing something annoying is to make them think that it's not all that annoying. I had to do it with people saying Amanda and making all of the Amanda show references at me as if I didn't somehow know that Amanda Bynes and I shared this first name. <laughs> so that's how the name happened. And basically when I got my first smartphone in college, I couldn't come up with handles for any of my social medias because Amanda is like the second most common name in the fucking world and all of the good names were taken. So I decided to go back to my roots and thus the Twitter handle was made. Um, Jeremy, when you were talking about her Twitter handle, I thought you were talking about a porn bot. That's what you made it seem. I didn't. I wasn't looking at my phone. So I had no idea that you were talking about an actual person. (laughs) That's, it's got a whole backstory. She has history. Chris? I just feel so bad now. I just feel so bad for the way that we treated you. <laughs> Lastly, I'm sorry, Jeremy, that I wasn't following you. You didn't do anything wrong. Uh, to be honest, tweeting at you guys to tell you that the movie was the first time I've opened my Twitter in months. You should both feel honored. <laughs> I, yeah, um, I Anyways, thanks for the little shout-out. I'm pretty sure that all the other listeners think I'm a prostitute, but it was worth it if it sparked the nice little convo about Jared's unconfirmed teeny weenie. <laughs> Again, you guys are doing a great job, and I'm looking forward to season five and more Cass and Dean sexual tension. Same, Amanda, same. Uh, P.S., now that my Twitter handle is cleared up and you can hopefully feel safer about my admittedly suggestively titled movie (laughs) recommend, you should 100% check out 10-inch Hero, a cute little indie film about a gaggle of oddballs that work in a sub sub shop. And Jensen is both very funny and endearing in it. And even though they dress him like a fool, he's still a goddamn 11 out of 10. Hunks. Am I right? (laughs) 
Yeah, this is um, we, we have plans. We have we have like stuff in motion to start covering some of the weirder stuff that's out there uh, involving these two. I've seen like the gifts of Jensen in this movie, and he does dress like a damn idiot. Like they've got him in like some weird '90s like goth thing that's just horrifying, oh, but it's <laughs> so so funny. Like I think he's wearing a plaid uh, kilt, right? Like he's wearing a nice. fucking kilt. <laughs> Um, so yeah, thank you, Amanda, for writing in and telling us the origin of Dixon Amanda, and then telling. And we just want to confirm that, um, according to her, she is not a prostitute or a porn bot. Yeah. So sorry, everybody, go follow for, Dixon Amanda. <laughs> sorry for the way we treated your Twitter handle. Uh, <laughs> all right, you ready? Yeah. Yes. Get to the next one. Okay. Next feedback is from our old friend French underscore Witch, who you may all know from our season one feedback episode. Um, season okay. two feedback episode. I finished. Was it season two? Oh mm-hmm. yeah, we didn't do a season one one. Ooh, that's right. We okay. didn't have a guest. Finished- <laughs> we didn't have a guest for season one. That's right. That's, that's right. That's what it was. Yeah. Uh, I finished season four not too long before you hunks started covering it, and I have to say, uh, I don't think you are being entirely fair to Sam. <coughs> You've got my attention. Uh, with hindsight, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it is easy to see how uh, what he was doing was wrong and harmful to everyone. But that analysis feels like it is disregarding a major theme of the show. Uh, a huge thing in the earlier seasons was that the idea that just because something is, a, is monstrous doesn't make it necessarily bad. The amount of arguing for the possible humanity of creatures to allow people to be judged on actions rather than being, uh, rather than being is exceedingly important. Because of this, especially in the early parts, or what exactly Sam is doing with Ruby is being obscure, it is easier to give Sam and Ruby the benefit of the doubt. The show has largely been about giving people and things the opportunity to grow out of what they are or what they are supposed to be. Sam wants so hard to help. It drove him to doing some questionable shit in an attempt to be able to protect people, to save as many as he could, regardless of how unsuccessful as he often is, especially Dean. Uh, it feels a bit out of step with what we have been, what we have seen previously to be so down on the guy. Again, I get how it, it has turned out so awful. It is clearly not the right call now that we've seen how it all turned out. But I think Sam is far more sympathetic in the course of the season uh, than he has been portrayed. Uh, I love y'all and keep up the good work. Well, let me well. tell you, everybody. <laughs> I, I agree. I think that even myself, I was being harder on Sam than I expected to be because I know I have a soft spot for him. And I wanted to try and and see past my like fanboyism. I guess that's what you would call it. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know why I relate to Sam so much, and I don't necessarily think that that's a positive thing. I think it's a positive thing for me to be able to to connect to something, to somebody, to a character. Um, that's always positive. I feel like unless that's like you're connecting to the worst person ever. Um, but yeah, I think that I think that there are a lot of great points here about how defying expectations is kind of an important part of the show. Um, giving monsters the benefit of the doubt, giving a person the chance to grow out of what they are kind of destined to be or what they are labeled as is an important part of the show. And so maybe we were a little bit hard on Sam because we knew where it was going, because we knew what it was going to lead to. Um, and because the writing seemed like it was on the wall from the very beginning with how shady he was being. Um, but I will say again that the first time that I watched this, even when he was being shady, even when it really seemed obvious that he was being manipulated by Ruby, I really wanted to believe in Sam because in some ways it's like I wanted to believe in myself um, for any of the negative things that I do in my own life or had been doing in my own life or negative feelings that I had. I felt those things portrayed in Sam, somebody who's who's doing the wrong things for what he thinks are the right reasons. And I think I said this on our, our finale, but just, you know, Sam has to succumb to to the bad thing in order for to overcome it 
you know, and when you're, for me personally, it was like, I don't know how to deal with having depression or anxiety. And so, so many times it feels like you're supposed to stand up and, and be able to overcome these things and you just can't do it. In that moment, you stumble and you're not able to pick yourself back up so easily. Um, and I feel like a lot of that for me was reflected very well in Sam. So even as I'm, you know, I'm watching him go down the, the dark side and, you know, every once in a while he'll show up and he'll toss a demon with the psychic powers and it seems cool. But even as a, as a teenager watching, and I knew that, that Sam Winchester was, was doing bad things. And I was definitely over to that. There was a cost to everything he was doing. All the cool moves. I mean, he lets Lucifer out of hell. That's how the season ends. Like it's about the worst thing that you can do in in the world of supernatural, uh, as far as we're aware. And I think that I, I think that I was trying to give him the benefit of the doubt the first time I watched it because I saw myself reflected. I wanted to see, I wanted to believe in myself the same way that I believe in Sam. I'm being very dramatic here, but you know what? I'll just be honest. I don't care. Um, been trying to figure out why I connected to Sam so much. And I think a lot of it is that I think it is the, like, uh, the weakness, the, the, the weakness is right there. And when you're with somebody like that, like if you know somebody like that, it might be weakness that you want to look away from where Dean, when Dean breaks down, he has the single man tear. You just want to hold him. You want Dean to get better with Sam, <laughs> Sam, when you try to help him, he pushes you away. And that's how I always felt like I was when I was at my worst, where people would reach out to me and I would either ignore it, not see it or push them away. And I only did damage to my relationships and to myself. Um, now it was never this extreme. I was just a teenager. I didn't have the weight of the world on my shoulders and, uh, you know, an apocalypse to stop. Um, How was the demon sex though? The de- it was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I didn't get any not, power not from to, the blood. Not to make though. light of your, of your teenage, it's always okay to make light of it. Um, in this context, certainly <laughs> I just mean, I think that that's where, that's what I see in Sam. So this time around, I think part of me was trying to consciously avoid um, talking about all the things that I'm talking about now, because that's not always what you want to hear on a podcast about hunks. Um, but that is what I saw in Sam, and I think that that's what I've always seen in Sam. Um, not to be overdramatic, but I know that there are other people who relate to him the same way that I do. You know, the whole new level of freak. I don't think that I'm a freak, but when I think, like, yeah, there is something negative about myself, there is this depression that I, I can't ever seem to get it out of me. And whenever... Uh, I can't ever rip it out or hashtag scrub it clean. <laughs> and I think that I think that Supernatural does do in some ways a good job of sort of representing representing these these negative emotions through Sam Winchester, mm-hmm. who himself will never really acknowledge them, not until it's too late. And that's how I always felt. I would always t- take a step too far and then be like, "Well, my behavior is is not it, it's destructive because you know I, I have these negative feelings and I don't want to address them and blah 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 whatever." And I think that Sam, for me, has always been a good allegory of that. It's been a, he's been a good reflection of that. Um, and I don't think all of that is unintentional. And this time, watching the show, I wanted to look at it from an outside perspective and see, okay, not just uh, you know depressed teenager Chris seeing Sam a certain way, wanting to believe in him because I wanted to believe in myself. Um, I, wanted, I wanted to look at him separately, and I think that that caused me to be a little bit harder on him. I was not expecting to talk for as long as I just did. I apologize. <laughs> you did. That's that's really great. That's that's digging some, deep into some stuff. I uh, I'll, I want to give I want to give Joan a pro- some props because um, mm-hmm. she sent this in uh, towards the end of season four, but it was before we had done the finale. We had, we had watched them at that point, but we had just just started to make the decision that we we're going to like even slim up the episode. We we're going to do a whole episode on the finale. Um, so she had not heard us say anything that we had said in, in, in those episodes. We hadn't recorded that yet. Uh, she was the re- she is the reason that I came to the conclusion that I did about Sam about about not necessarily his redemption, but the fact that 
like I was hating on that dude a little bit too much, right? Like I, <laughs> I, I was, I was leaning way into, into what he was doing and not necessarily uh, thinking about what he was being manipulated to do. And uh, I had, I had forgotten that one of Sam's big thing is to, that you can be a monster and also not be evil. And that's a very important thing. Like that's because a lot of people have those feelings inside of them that they're, they're monstrous or whatever. And then they're not, they're, they're, you know, they're just people. And mm-hmm. as long as you aren't evil, like you're probably a pretty good person. <laughs> like I know that seems pretty simple, but like as long as you're not an evil shit bag, you're probably a pretty good person. And it's really easy for people that think that they're a monster to be manipulated by, by actual monsters themselves. Mm-hmm. And I think that's an important thing when we talk about Sam in season four. Like, I think that's, that's a thing that we need to remember, right? Like, that's what we need to – as we move into season five and we see the, the ramifications of everything that's happened in season four, you know, he's at his worst. He hit rock bottom. Mm-hmm. Literally, he let out Satan Literally, to the world. It's a pretty bad thing to do. Again, so I, would, I think I made this joke in the thing, but like he's gonna be like he's gonna be the guy at the AA meetings. Like, no, no, Sam, get up. <laughs> like, we need to hear your problem. It'll scare everybody out of here. <laughs> um, so, thank you, Joan, for writing it in. Everybody, yeah, uh, go listen to her episode of um, uh, Monster of the Week. I don't remember the episode offhand. I want to say it's like twenty three or twenty four. Um, Is that the one that's but, called? We're gonna need those water, please. No title. No, no. I'll just go look it up. Hold on. It was uh, (laughs) something. I think it was the U.S. ship uh, Destiel or something. That was the podcast art for sure. Can edit out the Uh, silence in between as you look it up. We we definitely can. Yeah, if you go to monsterthereek.cool slash guest, there's actually like straight up links for all of this stuff, which is really nice. So. Episode eighteen, legit RIP. It was was the one she guested on. So <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, we talked we talked about all about season two, and um, she, she's a great person in general. So go follow her. And yes. Um, I got to just be sad about Sam finally. So this this next one is from uh, Michelle, and she wrote in an email in, and I'm including it uh, because ninety nine of the percent of the feedback that we get from listeners, whether it's via iTunes reviews or direct emails or comments on Twitter or whatever are overwhelmingly positive. People really seem to enjoy this. So we, we haven't got exposed to a lot of like outright criticism. Um, this is, I, I, I would say like, I don't, this doesn't, this isn't bad, but it's easily the worst criticism we've had <laughs> since we started this show. It's not I hate, include- it's criticism. That's, that's vastly it, different. It's not hateful. Yeah. It's, just crit- it's critiquing. And I, and, and I won't include hate. Like you can send me hate mail all day long. I've seen, I've, I've ran a dark souls hate mail blog for years. Like you, you're not going to beat that. Like I will just delete it and move on with my life. Like you're not going to make me blink an eye, but criticism I think is worth talking about. Um, even if it feels a little bit awkward to do so. Um, so just just a heads up, and that's why I'm, why I'm including this, because I want to actually talk about some of the stuff that, that she mm-hmm. brings up. Um, she says, I am new to podcast. Stumbled on yours because I'm a big fan of Supernatural. Your first three podcast episodes wanted had me running had me wanting to run screaming, but I kept listening. My boyfriend thought I was nuts to keep listening, but I wanted to give you guys a chance. So right there, thank you. We appreciate you thank giving you. us a chance. Yeah. Um, after you stopped bashing the show, I started enjoying the podcast. You make a lot of errors, but I have a really boring job and listen every night. I am a witch and can help you with the lore. If not, keep it up. By the way, listen last night and you mentioned they changed the plates on their car. I noticed that as well. Nice catch. Um, so the thing I want to bring out of that is, uh, after you stopped bashing the show, we talked in the main episode, I think with Dylan, that when Mm -hmm. we started the podcast, we, we were a little defensive of our, of our enjoyment of the show. It is it's hard for me even now in 2017 and being and, and trying to think about this stuff. It's hard for me to just 
at just enjoy something with no strings. Like I feel the mm-hmm. need to to knock it down a little bit. Like oh, I like Overwatch. It's a trash game. You shouldn't like, but it's you know, but it's it's but I like but I love it anyway. Like it's it's easy for me to fall into those those patterns of speech and things, especially when it comes to a show that, as Dylan mentioned, isn't. Like it's it's got a reputation. <laughs> like a lot of yeah. people think that it's just terrible hunk stuff. A lot of people think that it's just Tumblr bait. Like whatever. So I think especially in those first episodes, and I sent Michelle an email and asked her which episode she was on because I I think that um changed the plates of her car episode is is, is like season one still. So uh, mm-hmm. I don't know that she's she's super far into the to the podcast. Uh, but I I feel like we have changed that, and I feel like this specifically for me and Chris. I'd like for you to see, see if this had the same effect on you. Like really made me identify that and really just makes me want to run the opposite direction. In other words, it just makes me want to, it made me realize like, Hey, I love the show and I should just talk about how much I love it all the time. Like not, not yeah. to say that we're not going to call out the show when it has faults because it has faults. But, um, I, I, I just, I'm going to let go of some of the, Oh, the show is trash and I love it. Kind of, kind of yeah. language. And I think I, we've, I we've already started moving in that direction because a lot of times we just say like, I, yeah, I just love the show and that's it. Um, mm-hmm. but I think it, this, this was valid criticism because it's, it's true. I think that we, as we discussed, like we were both almost feeling a little bit awkward. Like we were, a little, we were too shy to admit, you know, or we were too ashamed. I guess is a bad word, but to admit how much we loved the show, we hadn't found our feet with it yet. And now, as time has gone on, we've we've kind of shaken off those those chains of like. I feel like on the internet, like you were saying, like you have to have an opinion about everything, and you have to be able to like talk down about everything that there is, like. You have to have an excuse for everything. You can't just enjoy something. There's always something. Well, I like that, but it's because I like this. Unless everybody around you is agreeing with you on the internet, it feels like you're supposed to be like, well, yeah, but, you know, it's just a fun show. But I think that we were able to work past those those growing pains, as it were, and just fully embrace the show for what it is. We wouldn't be doing the show if we didn't love it. Um, and I think that I think she has a point in saying that we were kind of bashing on the show. And, we, you know, we were doing it to be fun and, ha- and be funny mm-hmm. and we never with hate. But it, it can come across that way when it's somebody who just unabashedly loves the show, as we now know that we do, is hearing us say that and say, like, well, that's a little bit mean-spirited of you. We never meant it to be that way. But it can come off that way. And um, I think that mm-hmm. it, it is important to just shake off that, that shell of whatever was holding us back from loving the show, because I think the more that we have, the better our content has become. And it's it's also important to remember that like there's bashing a show, and then there's calling a show out on its bullshit. And mm-hmm. uh, it, it, Supernatural has its own fair amount of bullshit. And when it comes to like sexism or racism in the writing, that's something that I think we sh- we should always call out. I think that's stuff For we sure. should talk about. Um, and when we, you know, so like we're not going to stop like saying bad things about Supernatural. Uh, but I'm going to be I'm going to stop like act- actively like treating it like it's a bad show that I just happen to love. Mm-hmm. So like because it's not, it's an excellent show. It wouldn't be on the fucking air if it wasn't a great show. Like it, it wouldn't have the following that it does. If it wouldn't ins- wouldn't have the weird inspirational following that it does if, if it wasn't good inside. So, uh, so thank you, Michelle, for writing in. I know that was probably a little weird and awkward, but I, but I did want to talk about it. So, and thank you, Chris, for, for letting me do that. Yeah. Um, do you remember our friend Ian? Yes, of course. Our friend Ian, uh, I don't know if you remember last time that he wrote in for season four, but uh, he he had mentioned that his website was cocainemountain.com. Yes. Do you remember this? <laughs> yes, I do. Um, I remember this. Season four feedback, everybody. Just go go, go find that episode. Can you season go to three, his the website? That, season three feedback. Can you um go to the website that he included this time? <laughs> I'm selecting the URL link, everybody, and I am pasting it. 
Everybody, it's search a bar. HTTP boot dash city dot com is where we're going to. <laughs> this is a this is a website that that he owns. Is this correct? I I'm, I can, he put it down as his website. So Since I don't know. Since nineteen Boot City has been selling boots. Being located on a major <laughs> highway, we routinely meet customers from around the world. Up until 1983, it was a hot dog stand, but everybody asked us why we weren't selling boots at Boot City, so we decided to get boots in 1983. <laughs> Online store, coming soon. Contact, coming soon. Virtual tour, coming soon. <laughs> Wait, let me Can we talk about this, the background image on this website? This is incredible. I'm taking a virtual this tour is, right now, everybody. This is Boot City. Like There are a just, lot of boots up in here. This is a place where Sam and Dean would would shop. I just want to say that. Absolutely. Everybody. They would get some good quality denim here. I feel like I've been to this exact store. I think we're right now. <laughs> Do you buy a lot well, of there's boots? One, okay, so um, it's a Google Map virtual tour that I'm on right now, and I'm just clicking through mm-hmm. the store, and it's taking me through it, and it just stopped on the face of a pale blonde mannequin a moment ago, and it scared the shit out of me. Oh, good. Oh, good. Good job. So I'm not going to take the virtual tour. So. Thanks, Ian. What the fuck? uh ian also wrote in to say um to give his predictions on season five so he is he has not seen anything in season five he's not been spoiled on anything i don't know how uh but he has caught up with the show as of the time of this recording and uh he sent in some predictions and i have divided those out so that we can read them one by one so chris you're first first prediction Lucifer is going to jump out of the hole and he'll be wearing a cowboy hat or something and he'll be like, hey, thanks, boys. I'm not a bad guy at all. Let's go get some margaritas. Azazel was telling me about them when I was in the cage and, man, I've been waiting so long. They didn't have those when I got locked up. Let's go hook hook me up with some of those sweet, sweet margs. And everybody's going to go get drunk and live happily lives. Ha ha, JK. (laughs) Sweet, sweet margs, Chris. (laughs) Uh, his second prediction is Sam and Dean are going to go, are going to be on the run from demons and angels. Both Lucifer is going to pop out and try to seduce Sam, probably because he'll know that Sam is a stupid idiot who will buy whatever he's selling. <laughs> Meanwhile, some big wig angel is going to go to Dean and Dean is going to be like, I guess you get, make some good points, Mr. Angel and Sam and Dean are going to be mean to each other again. And it's going to make me sad. Oh, well, <laughs> I love these predictions so yeah. much. <laughs> All right, prediction number three. Castiel is going to go looking for God and probably not find him, but he is going to find out that God was in his heart all along. Okay, probably not that last part, but he is going to go look for God after his growing dissatisfaction with an outright betrayal of his superiors. Uh, fourth prediction is we're still not going to meet that fourth guy from the Netflix banners. He's an older, balder-looking <laughs> dude with black hair and a beard. We're never going to meet him. He's not real. They made him up to mess with people like me. <laughs> So this this next one says to make sure that I read it. Yes, yes. So <clears throat> at the end of it all, at the final battle between the boys and Lucifer and probably an angel and maybe Castiel is around, I don't know. All hope will be lost, all resources depleted, Sam and Dean screaming into a void that cannot that cannot hear them and cannot care, chafing in the face of <laughs> of eternal doom. And who will come into the sa- to save them but Kirito and Asuna, the best OTP couple ever from the best anime ever, and Chris's real favorite show, Sword Art Online. <laughs> and they come in and Kirito cuts off all the bad guys' heads because he's the best and the coolest boy, and he beats all the bad guys forever. Amen. 
Anyway, I thought season four was the best yet. I was very happy when Ruby got ganked, and I can't wait to see where season five goes. As always, the podcast greatly enhances the supernatural experience. Y'all are great. Keep it up, et cetera, et cetera. Um, <laughs> um, last episode, you explained very briefly what Dragon Ball Z was. Um, yeah. I mean, you, you said some words, and I I didn't go Google them or really even uh-huh. listen to them. But uh-huh. can you give me an idea of what Sword Art Online is? Because yeah. Chris, I don't I don't know if you know this. I only know one thing about Sword Art Online, and when you and Ian go back and forth on Twitter about it, mm-hmm. I always bring it up, and neither of you seem to know what, what, what I'm talking about, which I can only confirm that like you do. I do know okay, what you're good. About. Yeah. I don't, um, I don't know that Ian knows what I'm talking about, which is hysterical because I keep waiting to search for it and go like, "What the fuck, Jeremy?" Because it's really, really gross. So, so it, what is I this came- outside of the context of Chapter Sixteen Point Five? Um. It's a very popular anime that that I'm going to use the word rip off. It rips off a lot of the things that I like and then does a lot of uh, gross things on the side. So it's very similar to um, a a favorite franchise of mine, the Dot Hack series of games and anime, where Mm -hmm. it's about people getting trapped inside of a video game, like an MMO. Um, And it's the show. It was I thought it was fine for a little while until it just got all super, super gross and like all about like. It's just very sexist. It gets very sexist very fast, and it was very strange and seemingly came out of nowhere. Uh, it's all about the male fantasy. It makes me very uncomfortable. Ian likes to tease me about it um, because I always say how it rips off .hack. And that's that's all. It's a very popular show, So, and I, I'm not trying to bash anybody who likes it just because I see it a certain way doesn't mm-hmm. mean that you aren't allowed to enjoy mm-hmm. the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I always want to say that because I know, I know it's popular, and it's, it's always popular for a reason. You're allowed to indulge in, in whatever you want as long as you're not hurting anybody, and I think that's fine if you like sword art. I'm just clarifying that, but I it I'm, it's not it's not for me, and, and he likes to tease me because of the whole dot hack thing. Excellent. I'm glad, I'm glad we got to discuss that on the podcast. I, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm just burning air at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, our next uh, feedback is from Brian, a.k.a. at Mr. Underscore Rooks on Twitter. Hi, Monster of the Week hunks. New listener and first-time responder here. I'm still slumming it through season one on Netflix, but have enjoyed the experience despite the shitty soundtrack thanks to your <laughs> podcast. You guys are hilarious, and as a supernatural newbie, I appreciate the vague allusions you make to insane stuff to look forward to <laughs> in future seasons. If I had to make some predictions about season five of the show based on what I've seen in season one, I think one, Sam and Dean will remain hunky. Confirmed. <laughs> Confirmed. Confirmed. I want to yeah, go ahead. Spoilers. Confirmed. Spoilers. Uh, two, Dean will hook up with a woman and the love scene will be way too long, hoping for no more nipple plays. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then uh, he, he's got a few more, but Chris, I divided these up, so it wasn't just one of us talking for a really long time. Okay. Sam will become romantically involved with a woman who will be revealed to be a demon or will be killed by a demon. Interesting. Uh, um, John will we can find... S- yeah, we can say ahead. that that's accurate. That's accurate. Yeah. Congratulations, Brian. You did it. (laughs) (laughs) You got that one. Um, Okay. uh, And what was the other one? Uh, John will find some creative ways to avoid contact with Sam and Dean. Well, I'll tell (laughs) you, one, his most creative way was dying. He is no longer alive and therefore he doesn't have to communicate or deal with his, any of his sons. So, oh man, just the poor, just the, you think back in season one, you just, you don't know that John's not going to be in the show. That's true. You just think he's going to keep showing up. Yeah. Oh, what a time. Mm. Mm. Anyway. 
His last uh, prediction is there will be at least one episode with an old guy who takes forever explaining the history of the demon monster that the hunks are tracking. Surprisingly, they've kind of gotten away from that. Uh, you don't you don't see a lot of that. Maybe it's because we're we're dealing with metaplot, so it's usually like Bobby explaining that there's a demon sign somewhere. But, yeah, I think um, they were like, oh, this sucks. <laughs> we shouldn't yeah, do it yeah. anymore. <laughs> Also, we have to cast this person every single episode, and that's getting kind of exhausting. So let's we just make a cast Bobby this person everything. who's going to be shot in shadow anyway. So exactly, exactly. All right. Well, okay. Is that the last? Is that the last? There? You said it. all right. All right. Yeah, yeah. That's well, the last thank you. one. Thank you. Thank you for writing in. Um, all right. The next one is from John at ninety nine dexterity. Uh, feedback for the episode. Hey guys, just wanted to drop in and say that your fantastic coverage of season four has inspired me to dig back into supernatural. And rewatch season five along with the show. Keep up the awesome work and hilarious outtakes. Well, thank you. I feel like the thank most you, rewarding thing that keeps coming out of this is people saying that they're watching the show because of us. And that is Honestly, incredibly fun. That, that is maybe the best thing that I've heard. Mm-hmm. Like, I keep hearing people be like, okay, I finally started this stupid show and it's better than I thought it was. Or I had one friend on Twitter said, like, look, I watched the first episode and I didn't like it. It wasn't for me, which is also totally cool. Like, it's fine. It's fine. I, I would tell you that, like, hey, I mean, like, the show really doesn't come into its own until, like, midway through season one. But also, it's a really hard sell to tell somebody to watch 22 hours of television. Mm. <laughs> like, yeah. then it gets yeah. good. Like, fuck you, man. I don't yeah. like it when games do that. I don't like it when books do that. I don't like it when TV shows do that. But I was on the hook from episode one to begin with, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if the premise can hook you, then you're, you're, you're better off. But it is what it is. Uh, finally, our, our last piece of feedback for the episode, Chris... I don't know if you've read this. If you haven't, don't. Um, it's it's probably the the most heartwarming thing that I've heard all day. You ready? Okay. Uh, this is from Matthew. This is uh, at probably birds on Twitter. Quick personal story about the show and your podcast. I first started watching Supernatural toward the end of season six. As I began taking care of my dad every day while he was going through the late stages of Alzheimer's and needed constant help. TNT was showing four episodes in a row every weekday morning. And for at least two loops of the whole series, we would watch this weird show because my dad enjoyed the music and the Apollo. I'm not sure he ever knew who Sam and Dean really were, but almost every morning he'd ask, what are those two idiots doing this time? (laughs) Supernatural was background noise, then something we both liked and is now a good memory. I genuinely appreciate that. I can enjoy all three of those feelings again through your podcast. Thank you, Matthew. I really, really appreciate you you writing that in. That's a, that's an incredibly charming story. Like I, Chris and I have both lost people in our life and I, I know how important and cherished those memories are. And the fact that it's related to supernatural and that you get some sort of enhancement of those memories by listening to us is something that I almost makes me uncomfortable with. It's so, so good and pure. (laughs) So so thank you. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So thank you for writing in. I appreciate it. It's just nice that that's something you could share and it's a show about family. And I, I watched the show with my own dad um, when I was younger and, um, I think that's just a nice, that's a nice union you have. And I, I hope that those ha- memories stay with you. Absolutely. Um, that's it, right? Yeah. You're getting so serious. We're good. I'm sorry, Jeremy. You're fine. No, that's, that's a, that was a serious one. I left that one for last. I almost put it in the middle, uh, but I, I felt a little weird about putting it in the middle and then immediately going to like a fuck Mary Hunt after this dude talks in about <laughs> his granddad uh, or his dad. So uh, I, I put it at the end, even if it was uh, a little bit more of a serious tone. But um, yeah, it's, it's fine to get serious. We're, we're a serious yeah. show. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. We're in it's serious. Keep and our podcast, our podcast category on iTunes is serious business. So I don't know yeah. if you do that or not. Yeah, go That's to probably iTunes. why people can't find us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, 
that's going to conclude our feedback for this week. Thank you everybody for listening. If you want to be, uh, if you want to have your feedback read on the show for season five, just don't have to even hesitate. Like just send it in right now. If you want to monsterweek.cool slash contact, I saved them all in a document and we read through every single one at the end of the season and maybe even in the middle of the season, if it's pertinent. Uh, but thank you everybody for listening. That's, this has been really nice. We're finishing up on season four. We're, we're not stopping season five coverage. will begin next week for those of you at home that are watching with the show. We're going to be covering the first two episodes and then uh, I'm going to put a rough schedule up on monsteroftheweek.cool slash schedule. However, I, I just want to say keep listening to the show. That that might change because uh, I'm going to I'm going to base it on a two episode uh, per podcast schedule. But that that could possibly change depending on the episodes themselves. So mm-hmm. uh, just just keep paying attention, and we'll we'll try to keep up keep to that schedule as much as possible. Chris, any last words before we get the heck out of here? Uh, thank you everyone for writing in and listening and uh, making my life better and this podcast so much more fun it has been a great time like the fact that so many people chose to write in is, is so gratifying like thank you thank you to, i know that takes time out of your day where you could be doing other stuff and it just really appreciate it like it's it's very heartwarming for us yeah uh pay attention next week for some exciting news we have we have some plans in the works that you may want to be a part of so that'll be uh, an announcement next week until then we will see you um later have a good one bye. everybody thanks everybody bye How was your uh, eclipse? Did you did you go see the eclipse? I went outside at work and it just looked like like a shitty stain on the sky. Like the sun. Oh, you were in like a great mood today. <laughs> the sun had been left out in the sun for too long, and it was okay. just a little bit mushier because there was so much cloud cover that I couldn't really see anything. It was just like a misshapen sun. It was really the only thing. I mean, it, yeah, there was so many great eclipse jokes on Twitter that you, at the end of the day, it was worth it. Were there though? <laughs> I mean, I haven't really caught up with Twitter yet, uh, so like I'm still like maybe three or four hours behind, right? Like I haven't really looked at it much today. So, um, but like I saw yeah. a bunch of them, and none of them that I saw were funny. So, hey, who knows? I'm on video today. <laughs> wow, wow. The heat of this room is really starting to catch up to me. Well, well, well. Uh, Dylan is having audio issues. Typical Dylan. Typical Dylan. <laughs> oh, is it localized to Discord? I had this issue with one of my other podcasts too. What the hell? Uh, settings voice. Whoa! Sorry, Jeremy. Did I just spike your? Was that did you, was that just one hellacious fart? Is that what that was? No, I I was fucking with my settings. And I didn't think that it was going to like do anything. All right, bad news is like, I can hear you guys now, but it's only through my PC speakers. I can't get the headphones to pick you up. You're still you still sound great. What though. the hell? <laughs> you do still sound great, and that's really the most important thing. Chris, you're still there and just being quiet. I'm hoping. Yeah, I'm just ha- I'm just hanging ten. You're just, hang- you're just hanging ten. <laughs> <laughs> Surfboard. Uh, Jesus. Sorry that I um I bombarded your audio with that that fart like sound that, that was not huge, a fart. That huge gigantic fart like sound. You have no That's, proof that that was a fart. I mean, I have the audio and I have you saying the word fart a lot, so that I can just edit it and just say it was a fart. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be real easy. So. <laughs>
I bombarded your audio with that that fart. That was a fart. Um, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna test this real quick and make sure there's no leakage on my end. Um, the thing that I just recorded here. <laughs> there might be a little leakage, but uh, audio leakage. Like your uh, some wavy lays. Gonna have some. <laughs> what the a, fuck does that mean? <laughs> You've never heard that? Look at the back. What's that shit called? Uh, th- I think it was Alestra. Yeah, Alestra. Like, it's whatever they put in that. To oh, make the it chips like... that with the uh, laxative in it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what an elaborate pl- prank on Lay's part. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Chris, are you ready? Yeah, I'm good. I know this is unusual that uh, we're not spending an hour and a half talking before the podcast. So, <laughs> so, I know. You guys better have some really good goofs, but... Uh, I, I'm going to try. I can't, I can't. Now that you've said it, I feel really weird about it, so... Well, that, that stuff you were all talking about in the last one, Pro Gamer Dylan, I had no idea what the hell that was, and I thought you were <laughs> talking right, to me. It was blowing my mind. No, but really. <laughs> but please link it, yeah. You're getting linked. <laughs> you gotta, you got to check out the link, because it's a real funny website. It's literally my most... Visited website now on Google Chrome. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, guys, this is my site. Oh, oh good. good. You should yeah, yeah, definitely yeah. not listen to the chop chain for the last few weeks. <laughs> oh, this Enjoy, is relax, funny. game. Words to live by. 2176. I want to say, like, Chris, this was at like 2150 at like a week and a half ago. So. We bumped this up for sure. We have definitely like I said, it's site up. The most frequently visited website on Google Chrome. Preaching the gospel of Dylan the Gamer. Hey, have Copyright you- Dylan does Minecraft and stuff. Just <laughs> FYI, I just want to clear the air. This We do not own this content. It is copyright Dylan does Minecraft and stuff. All in word. Have you taken advantage of his contact tab? I mean, he's asking, let's talk. <laughs> let's just open a dialogue with this guy. I can follow him on Vimeo. <laughs> Vimeo. That's my that's my favorite platform for viewing videos. I don't know if you guys know that. I don't know if you ever knew <laughs> that. About me. He doesn't even have a YouTube link. He, he doesn't have, have a YouTube video. link. <laughs> Dylan, Dylan the gamer. What the fuck? <laughs> he was an He's early kidding. adopter of Vimeo. He's sticking to his guns. All right, let's follow him on Twitter. Let's find out more. I, about I like this uh, I like the behind the scenes bloopers that is not there, and also the shop where it just says this privilege has no products. <laughs> so, I'm waiting for both of those. Products, bloopers, sell me that merch. I just want to say that when I clicked on Twitter, it brought me to an account with 52,000 followers. Oh, and it's, 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 it's how he made his website. Like, it's because that's a, that's a website, create your own stunning website page. This is definitely how, this is the Dylan's the Gamer's professional website. Uh-oh. Have I lost the two of you? I just want to say that when I clicked on Twitter, it brought me to an account with 52,000 followers. Or no, I'm sorry, it's, it's 396,000 followers. Um, I think that this is just the web developer that they use. This is like okay. the this is like the Web 2.0 Angel Fire. This is <laughs> something. I'm going to Wix. What's okay? So he doesn't even link to his own personal FB, so I can find out what middle school he goes to and see what he's up to. <laughs> I feel like this was a class project or something. <laughs> I just behind the scenes bloopers tab because as much as he likes to be serious and get some serious let's plays, he also likes to have fun. Hey guys, I, I, we've been having a lot of fun here, but uh, <laughs> good lord, what's up, guys? Dylan the gamer here. 
Uh, it's been the same material that I've been using on every podcast I'm on. It's just joking about this website. This is going to be, uh, I'm, I'm going to rack up this, uh, view count here. I want you to take claim of this website. I'm going oh, yeah, to jeremythegamer.com. Yeah. Nothing. There's nothing. <laughs> Chris, the gamer. There's, there's going to be, a, be well, something there. Chris, the gamer looks like Christ. He gamer. So Christ, he gamer. <laughs> oh, nothing. Okay. Steve the Gamer has got to be something. I'm getting nothing. Nothing. Yeah, it's just, it's just Jeremy. Aw. Aw, poor guy. His, okay. Good it's time. fine. He'll figure well, it out. He's still got the recording going on his end, right? My, yeah. I, yeah. Unless he doesn't have internet. It doesn't matter. We have our recordings. It'll be yeah. fine. Um, and then we can just sync up when he comes back yeah. on. Because we haven't started the podcast. I'm trying MikeTheGamer.com because Mike's a common name. <laughs> It's, it amazes me that Dylan the Gamer's taken and Mike the Gamer's not. Yeah, okay, let's see. What is it? What are their common names? Chadwick. Chadwick's not as... Okay. <laughs> Chadwick the Gamer. Nothing. Nothing? I've got Chadwick the Charismanetic. Magnetic. Okay. Jesus Christ. Okay. Pro- <laughs> let's see. Um, what a Tom the Gamer. What are what are like new millennial names? I mean, I'm a millennial, but I'm I'm older. Same here, but uh, I don't know. What are they naming each other now? Boomer like, Brody. We got a lot of them. Brody for sure. Brody <laughs> the gamer. Brody the gamer. <laughs> Ashton. Ashton the gamer. There we go. I'm older. Same here, but uh, I don't know. What are they naming each other now? Like, Boomer Brody. We got a lot of Brody them. for sure. Brody <laughs> definitely Boomer. the gamer. Just, just like Brody, just like the, the X Men. <laughs> Ashton. <laughs> Ashton the gamer, there we go. Um, what about something like 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 Ashton Games? Holy hell, like we've got liftoff. There's an Ashton the gamer. What what? Ashton the gamer one live stream. Oh, this, oh, what about Madison offline. the gamer? Like I, know, I feel like I know a lot of younger girls named Madison, which sounds super creepy now that I say that out loud. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, Jeremy, <laughs> tell me more. Why don't you tell the feds that when they get there? <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. This is where my legal movies are. Don't worry about any of that other stuff I said about the girls. <laughs> I'm just trying to bust you for your head tie, not your. Yeah, you know, I'm, friends. I'm really into anime and hentai. That's, that's definitely my brand. <laughs> if there's one thing I think of when I think of Jeremy, it's that. Chris, have I ever told you the story about uh, the way that I got a giant naked anime lady painted on my wall? You say got like you didn't ask somebody. Possi- you possibly told me. This feels vaguely familiar. Uh, when I worked at Babbage's right out of high school, there was a, a girl there that worked um, worked with us, and she was like the quintessential nerd. I think her name was Sky. Um, the, like, yeah. the, the most important fact I remember Checks is out. she was uh, <laughs> really into hentai and really, really into Final Fantasy VII. Like, she was bragging like she had maxed out the game clock in Final Fantasy VII. <laughs> yeah, it's all, it's all adds up. Yeah, yeah, so. I feel like both of those hobbies probably overlapped a little bit. <laughs> so uh, I moved into this real shitty apartment that was literally all bricks, right? Like, it was just bricks. Like it was, there was no inside, <laughs> like, paneling or anything. It was just all bricks on the inside. So she came over one day and she was like, hey, I've got all these cool chalks and I could draw you a picture. And I was like, oh, that'd be cool like do like a cool thing above my bed that'd be awesome so she's like okay you go play video games i'm gonna surprise you and then uh like three hours go by right and i'm like and like people are over we're all playing video games or whatever and i she's like she finally she comes back in she's like okay come check it out and i walk in and it's this animate completely nude anime lady 
um, on her knees that are spread and like obviously masturbating with like all of the accoutrement that goes into that. Dear Lord. With the huge anime boobs and like the thrown back head, like the, the typical picture. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, I'm 18 years old and I already have enough trouble getting laid. What are you doing to me? <laughs> this is, this is ridiculous. Um, she poured her heart and soul into that. Were she you grateful? Did. I mean, and she she wrote like she signed her name real big at the bottom and everything. <laughs> it was fucking ridiculous. Did she just think you were going to be like, oh, sick? Yeah, <laughs> this is great. I don't Score. know. <laughs> I, I don't know what about me. And this is the part that I really kind of worried about for a long time. Uh, like, gave her the impression that I would be into this. <laughs> like, because up to this she was point, like, this guy loves Chrono Trigger. You know, noted prevert, Jeremy. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, like she would tell me about hentai and stuff, but I was always just asking questions like oh really like that seems a little weird like i've never seen that before in my life he's like do you want to i'm like no i'm good i don't need to see any cartoons fuck like we can just talk about it at work when customers aren't around <laughs> that'd be way, way yeah, the workplace is the right place for that <laughs> please let's just keep this at the office okay <laughs> please you think it's, Sky, you think it's still there <laughs> please uh, no, no, we, we, we did our best to clean it off when I moved out. Um, I, I, I did not get my security deposit back. And also it wasn't, um, it wasn't real gone. Like I tried to scrub it with brick. Like it's really hard to kill, to clean brick if you can't just like wash it off, which you can't do in a bedroom. Um, I had a giant, fl- I had to hang a giant flag over it. So I didn't have to stare at the giant anime naked chick all the time. Wow. Wow. I'm going to. Eat this dark chocolate peanut butter cup. Oh, fuck yeah. Uh, Brian left like a whole box of them from Trader Joe's in my house. So Nice. Mm. Damn, that's good. Am I going to be reading anything that... Anything weird? No. Recording? Yes, Mm-mm. thankfully. Yeah, we're, we're still... Um, do you have the link? Mm-hmm. Oh. I had to have a second one. No, I... Hey, tr- hey trust me. You ain't gotta explain that to me. Um, what am I doing? Oh yeah, link. Um, okay. How do we, how do we start this? <laughs> and we're back. Uh, thank you for holding with us until. Ugh, that didn't work at all. Let's try that again. Um, I need need more aqua, and then you want to get into it. Yeah. Okay. Okay, I'll be right back. All right. So when I was in, I think third grade, um, it was the, it was the year I'll tell you it was the year that the first uh, live action X Men movie came out. Um, so late nineties, and I think it was the late nineties. I joined a thing called a uh, computer camp. It was like a summer camp, but for nerds. And so it was basically one hour of uh, like gym time, which was usually just kids playing dodgeball. It was one hour of swimming, which being a fat kid, that was not cool. Having a, to swim around girls when you're a little chubby uh, third grader, not great. But the, the third hour of this summer camp was computer time. And you would just chill out and like play The Sims or like Tomb Raider. That was that was a big hit for me. A lot of like kids games, like educational games, would be big into those because I was a fucking nerd. Uh, but something I recently remembered 
was that during this time, so not only am I suffering by just being at a computer camp, just being that kid, I've gone to a computer camp willingly. I had become really, really obsessed with with Wolverine and really wanted to be like Wolverine, like the movie version, because I thought he was so cool. Um, I did know the X-Men cartoon, like the one that you have a podcast about, Jeremy, not you, listener. Um, But the Hugh Jackman, I was like, that. no, that is a hunk. That's that's a beefy hunk of a man, and I want to be just like him. So my way of being just like him was to push my hair up like his and like try to have sideburns even though I couldn't grow facial hair because I was fucking eight. Uh, and to tape these uh, these like plastic they were like uh, they were sunglasses. So I guess I'm, I think they were like Y2K like 2000 sunglasses. So I must have been like like 10 at least by then. Sorry, Jeremy, I know you feel old. I would tape them to my hands at summer camp and pretend to be Wolverine and run around. And I always wondered why people didn't want to be my friend. And, uh, that's why. All right. Okay. 